And now, introducing the man who got kicked out of Carolina Panthers training camp facilities after being caught with a bag full of drug paraphernalia in a Bob Marley shirt as he was unsuccessful in stating his case that he was here for joint practices and instead found himself banned from the grounds permanently. Following yet another Orioles loss and Diamondbacks victory, he spent last night smoking cigars and drinking whiskey before being rudely reminded that he'd lost a good deal of money betting on local high school tennis. He is Glenn Clark. The joint practices one was one of your better efforts. Really? Like, that was that was good. That you like was, that? That worked. I mean, it's look, it's... It's not exactly like up here. I would but say that it was it was it was great. It was well, that's that's you. the type of joke that you should be making. That's well, thank you. That's outstanding. You don't normally compliment me. Well, I mean, when it's good, it's good. That was good. Uh, the high school tennis one was okay, but like well, you did that lose one, a lot of money. No, not a high school tennis. I lost a lot of money. I, my I have a friend. I can't use their name because of uh, what they do for a living. But a friend who was trying to convince me. That I'm an idiot. Uh, Jeremy talks about this a lot. You're just supposed to bet underdogs. Just bet underdogs, right? Like mm-hmm. put a couple of money in all the underdogs. When one of them wins, big win for you, sure. right? And none of them won yesterday. <laughs> it's the first day I did that. None of them won. So it's kind of like when you're uh, nothing. playing roulette. You're like putting a bunch of money all over the board on different numbers, kind of thing. Yeah, kind of like that. Kind of like that. Not a kind of sucks day. when you don't hit. Not a, nope. Yeah, it does. Well, I mean, it does kind of suck. <laughs> I definitely did not hit. Hi! Hello, Glenn Clark Radio. It is a Thursday edition of the program. I'm Glenn. He's Kyle. Today's program brought to you by the BMW Championship. Folks, we are just one week away from the first round of the BMW Championship at Caves Valley. Now, you can get out there before the first round begins. You can go out there for uh, one of the practice rounds as the top 70 golfers on the PGA Tour will be right here in our backyard at Caves Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship. Tickets are still available. Go to bmwchampionship.com in order to get yours. It's going to be an awesome week. I think I'm going to go Friday, I want to say. Don't sound so confident there. I had a, I wrote them down. I wrote down the days that I was going to try to go out there. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. You going to bring your clubs? Yeah, yeah. See if I can get a, see if I can get a round in real quick. I'm gonna go Thursday and Saturday. I'm gonna go Thursday and Saturday. That's not Friday. So you know, it's funny. We uh, Drew used to host a listener uh, golf tournament every year. Okay. And as like a wacky bit, I would go out there and like flail around, JoJo the circus clown type of stuff. Yes. So we would go to a hole. We would camp out there, and Drew would have whoever the group was that came up. We would bet as to whether or not I would be able to hit the ball over the water, right? How far are like, we talking here? Not far. Not all that far. I'm awful at golf. Yeah, I'm terrible at golf, too. That was the bit. The bit was I am horrible at golf. But to be fair, I've never had clubs that were properly sized. I never had clubs. I, like, I, I think when I was 18, my grandfather gave me a set of clubs. Yeah. And those were still the clubs that I had when I would go show up to do these would, things. You know? They were not in great shape. So I remember not being aware. I was dating a girl at one point. Oh, congrats. And that wasn't, yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> she was a girl, man. Like It was very much like uh, most of I, I just had sex. Yeah. Still counts. Yeah. Um, so I was dating this girl, and I had no idea that the, the, sh- the only family she had around here was she had an uncle who worked for Ripken Baseball. 
and her uncle was playing in Drew's tournament. I guess the Ripken folks had bought a foursome in Drew's tournament. Okay. And her uncle was there. And her uncle, like, thought that I was not clown shoes. Like, he thought that I you was... Were a professional. Correct. That I was a broadcaster. Correct, that yeah. I was a man who was going places. And then I show up, like, looking like a, like a homeless guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm in a golf tournament. What am I going to do? I show up looking like a homeless guy and with these 100-year-old golf clubs. And at first, when he saw me, he was like, oh, Glenn's playing in the golf tournament. Sure, right? And then he sees me, and he's like, what is this? <laughs> and everything kind of changed yeah. from that point forward. Everything you know when they say, don't be your heroes, changed. huh? Right, yeah. That was a tough moment for him. <laughs> yeah. Very difficult moment for him when he realized that I uh, I didn't really have a lot to offer. Didn't really have much to offer the world. Didn't work out between uh, she and I, but it's for the best. Yeah. I'm happy now. I'm very, very happy. And don't think about it every other day not at all who what what did you say hmm? no, no i didn't all. say not anything remotely at all all right uh, a lot to do on the program today coming up in just a few minutes ken zalis is going to join us uh, next week we launch the press box fantasy football show uh so this will be the final week in which we are just sort of chatting started uh, doing KZ. some mock drafts yeah. Just for a little, for S's and giggles, you know, just okay. to see what the landscape's like. I always like to do different I, mocks at different parts of the first the round. The mock drafts you know? are too smart. I need the dumb guys in my league to screw it up for me because the mock no, drafts always, do, do, they, well, no, the you can drafts, do ones with. The mock drafts are the ones where, like, that theory that you were throwing out last week, where, like, well, if I had a late first round, yeah, none of those guys are available late in the first well, round. When you do these the, are when the you ones do the mock drafts. that have, um, you can do them with real people. Oh, well, that's, I don't know what that's all about. I got an app. Oh, look it's at you. It's a good app. I got an app. Yeah. Yeah, right? Well, I had I, For example, I typed the 11th I, pick. And I got a soup. So, yeah, you know, we all had a good meal. Had the 11th pick? Austin Eckler. If Austin Eckler actually lasts the 11th pick of any draft, my God. I don't know who you're drafting with. I have no I don't idea. know who I'm drafting with either. That's kind they of the are, point of these. Then you know what? You've got a good app. Because it wasn't they like are, they were taking uh, Cole idiots. Beasley in the first. Nobody's it's suggesting like they're they taking Cole Beasley, but Austin Eckler should not be I did be take Cole Beasley in the 14th. In the 14th, the sure. Why so. not, right? Like and when he misses eight weeks due to COVID. Yeah. Like he played with a broken fibula, and he's scared to get a COVID shot. Dog, there's a lot of stuff, <laughs> man. I don't want to talk about it. I just don't want to talk about it. There's just a lot of stuff there. Uh, by the way, speaking of that... I need to know how I can get an extra copy of my vaccination card. Hmm. It's a long story. I think mine's in my wallet. I had someone. Uh, I mine was in my wallet. It's. A, I forgot to bring my first vaccination card with me to the second appointment. No problem. They just print you out a new one and yeah. and you're good. I apparently have still my first vaccination card, not my second one. Hmm. I need to know how to go about getting it because, you know, I'm intending to go to concerts and things like that this fall. You're going to say college. I was like, congrats. Well, I, I do work for a college. By the way, they would like to see my vaccination card, too. So I need to know how about going and getting a new copy. I got it through the county. I went to the fairgrounds. I did what everybody else did in the county. So if any of you happen to know how you go about printing a new copy of your vaccination card, please message me because I really need that answer. About as soon as possible. That would be just swell. I would like to think you could just pull it up on the interwebs, take a picture no, of no, it, no. and you'd be good. Nope. I'd like to think that was the case, but uh, you just never know now, do you? Um, anyway, so Ken Zales joins us this morning. Also, we will chat this morning with Diego Fago, Navy linebacker. He's on both the Bednarik Award watch list and he's on the Senior Bowl watch list. He is a very good player. They open up the season against Marshall in a few weeks. We will chat with Diego Fago. 
Uh, later on in the program, Jermaine Carter is going to join us. Jermaine Carter is, of course, a former Terp, and now I want to say like five years into his NFL career with the Carolina Panthers. Of course, the Ravens and Panthers practicing against each other again today, and then uh, tomorrow they or I, I guess I don't know if they're practicing together tomorrow because the media is not allowed to be there anyway. So like on the schedule that we got, it doesn't show what they're doing tomorrow. So I don't know if they like to secret. Or they do a walkthrough tomorrow together, or if they do their own separate walkthroughs. But of course, they're playing a game, a game That's real uh, against each other on Saturday. So we will catch up with Jermaine Carter. And speaking of the Terps, uh, Jerry Donardo, the uh, Big Ten Network analyst, former Indiana, LSU, Vanderbilt coach, he was uh, down in College Park this week as part of their preseason bus tour, and we will get his thoughts on what he saw from the Terps as they get ready to start the season against West Virginia on Labor Day weekend. So that's all coming up today. Hey, Kyle, ask me if I care. Do you care? I sure as F do not. Well, you care that they they are now in the league. Right. That's the part I do care about. I am very excited. What did the Diamondbacks do? Well, I tried to explain. What's going on in Arizona? They were in the lead before last night. But now Arizona's over there beating good teams? Yeah, Arizona's doing this waggy bit where, like, they definitely don't want the number one overall pick. I got the message. This uh, this one was from Ron. Ron messaged me. Not in Owings Mills. Not in Owings Mills. Different Ron. Ron, I believe. Two Rons I now. believe Ron in Owings Mills, who I just met for the first time a couple weeks ago, and then wrote about. Uh, I believe he's about to be a father, or he just became a father. You did like a profile I, on Ron. When I saw it, I didn't profile him, <laughs> but I referenced him in a column that I wrote. Um, Love Ron. I just, I, I, he told me he was only a few days away that's from big. becoming a father. I wonder if that I stops him from DC. going to Bertucci's. I don't think so. Nothing can stop a man from going to Bertucci. That's called love. I believe you just bring your child with you. To well, get, security to can get stop Ron. Out of, well, yeah. you know, you get worked up. Uh, anyway, the moral of the story is that Ron messaged me and said, Glenn, I know earlier in the year you were talking about there being a point at which things got so bad that even if you like Brandon Hyde or think that he has done as good of a job as someone can do, Sacrificial lamb there bit. is no other option for a team but to fire the manager because things are just that bad. Would being the first team to have two different 14-game losing streaks in nearly 80 years. I think it's longer than 80 years, by the way. I want to say the last Stop one Stop stealing my tidbit stuff. 1935. Yes. Yeah, I want to say it was the last one. Would that be Do you know who it was? Because I do. Cleveland? Wrong. No. Buffalo Braves. The Buffalo Braves. The mighty Buffalo Braves. Uh, would that be enough for Brandon Hyde to have to lose his job? Maybe. I'm not telling you no. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I mean, what has he done to the say that he absolutely deserves to keep yeah, but, it? But right. He like, never, but he didn't really do anything to say that he deserved to sure. have it to begin with. What and is the standard they're is, operating under here? It's it's part of the problem that that I deal with when we have these conversations. It's not like they hired Brandon Hyde because he was the most qualified person no. to be a manager of a baseball team at that point. But no, this not saying he wasn't qualified, but he wasn't the most qualified hire they could have. The guy that they fired was far more qualified. Not fired. The guy that just didn't bring Correct. back was far more qualified for the job than he was. They Not to hired, say he would have wanted it anyway, right? And who knows? They hired someone specifically because they wanted someone that could walk with what they were doing. Mm -hmm. And that's sort and of so that problem being that they're still doing it, right? Like next year does not figure to be the time where a manager will be judged by wins and losses. Right. That's... Uh, this is the trouble of having this conversation. When I talk about the well-being poison, and that's my, the point that I made earlier on in the year. Earlier on in the year, I was talking about when people were doing this, we need to fire Brandon Hyde bit, 
my point was as simple as saying, like, why? What, what's the fireable offense? What, what is it? At some point, it sort of doesn't matter that you're in a rebuild. There is things get so toxic. Mm-hmm. Everything becomes so toxic that you just have to move on you and know, do something different. Red jumpsuit. Yes, you're toxic. Motorcycles and everything. Yeah. yeah, toxic. Yeah, the whole thing, mm-hmm. 100%. Um, I don't remember any of the lyrics to that song. And the taste of your lips, something like that. Yeah, something like that, yeah. but I don't know Those exactly three words what the, in the yeah, chorus. I don't, sure, if you say so. You're toxic, blank. Yeah, I, right, I, get, I did all that. Yeah. I did the part where the only words that I remembered were, you're toxic. You, the taste it. of your lips is one. I know that for a fact. I'll bet money on it. I think that's it, but... It's the start of the hook. I think that's it. But the rest of it is, is escapes me. Oh, I did know it was "Baby, Can't You See I'm Calling." That's not in the hook. Uh, with the taste, with a taste, with a taste That's of semantics. your lips, I'm on a ride. She's probably made the mistake. You're toxic. I'm slipping under. With oh, a taste under, of yeah, a poison like... paradise, I'm a. No, oh, I did know that part. I'm addicted to you. Don't okay, you know yeah, yeah. that you're toxic? Yeah. Anyway, what a jam. Um, when things get so toxic, and and sure, could you say that that. A 14-game losing streak that shows no sign of stopping and not just being 14 straight losses but 14 straight games in which you've gotten your asses handed to you. Yeah. Could you say that's so toxic that we can't come back from it? I guess, but you're so close to the end of the season that I find it hard to believe that you're going to fire the manager with just one month remaining in the year. And if, you, a, if you're expecting a mid-season firing, I just don't see that. that. But it, that happens in, when things are so bad but that you just have no choice but to say but we, we can't keep doing it. But it's it's again. You're saying it's a sacrificial lamb, is what you're there's saying. There's a difference between bad and something Historic. is so unbelievably this is beyond the pale this yeah. is beyond the we knew we were going to be bad this is non-competitive this is whatever you want to call it and i'm not necessarily saying well i mean it this 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 does define all of those things this is all of those things this stretch has not just it really has not just been 14 straight losses it's no, historic. outscored by 10 runs a game nearly correct it's insane how this has gone they needed it sure it's great it's great news for those of us that can see the forest through the trees like it's great news for us but in terms of the argument that it's so toxic i can't say it isn't but what i would say is i think if that happens in june or july it's a little bit easier to say thank you kyle appreciate (laughs) that to be fair they had a 14 game losing streak sometime they did have one earlier but this one in particular this one that's been so utterly non-competitive, if this one had occurred at that point, it might be easier for a team to make the choice to just say, hey, it's so bad, we got, we just got to just fire him and we'll deal with it later. Because they're so close to the end of the season, I think it's easier for the Orioles to say, whatever, let's just get through it, and then think about it at the end of the year. And knowing that this is likely to be the same story next season... It's easier. You want to bring in a manager who you have legitimate hopes for to go and have that be the start of his career. With the only caveat to that being the likely presence of Adley Rutschman. The only the only thing that you would would change and that would make you think about it a little bit more is that you're assuming Adley Rutschman will be on the major league roster very early next season. Mm And if he is, do you want to have a manager installed who will be Adley Rutschman's manager specifically? Do you as an organization 
think the importance of this one player is so much that you specifically want to tailor a manager to that player. I understand. Like, get, it, go get you know Rick Dempsey. I don't think that would be the one. I don't think that's what we're talking about. The, it would be comparable, and this is in football. You see it all the time with the quarterback, right? Like you tailor. If mm-hmm. we're going Cliff to Kingsbury is brought I, in because they this is have, we right. want to have someone who's tied to our. We're going to draft a quarterback. We want to have someone who's tied to that quarterback. We want this to be the two things walking hand in hand. You don't see that that much in baseball because typically right. like, baseball foresee, is not a one-player team. And I also don't. For as horrible as it's been with Brandon Hyde, I'm not going to pretend that it's his fault or that any manager would be able to do by the, anything. By the way, here's another stat for just how bad it is. This was what are you trying to do? Trying to step on my from, toes? I don't know. This is from Stathead. This was before last night's game. Yeah. Uh, the Orioles had been scored by 87 runs. No, I know. Outscored by yes. 87 runs. So go it's back the to the drawing run, board. Then, the huh? worst run differential in any 13-game span in well, I mean, do you have the do you have what it is through last night? It was like since 1899. Since yeah, 1901. But yeah. Do you, did you include the number to? Did you go back over it and add uh, last night's game to this number? You want me to? I would like that. Yes. What did we like by last know. night? I don't know. Eight four, I think, was yeah, the score was last night. So that would be it would be 91. 91 yeah. over 14 games. Which honestly sounds like maybe that might have escaped the worst. You know? Maybe yeah, I don't know what I don't know what happened. Four is good, relatively. Well, you know? in fairness, they didn't even have the team. It just said by any MLB team in our baseball reference database. Yeah, what does that? Mean? So they don't even know if there was a team before Useless 1901 that had Nobody a cares about that yeah database, right you, know? you don't have information on the cleveland spiders then you can get the f out um it's bad if if your thought process is we would want to move on in order to hire a manager that we can directly tie to adley rutchman higher time what are you doing yeah i don't know what's going on over yeah. there <laughs> I'll listen. It's weird. It's not something that we've really seen before. I really but don't know I what, like who that could be either, right? Like you're like, are you saying that this is a stopgap still? But you want no, it to be, I don't think it would be a stopgap. You're, you're I looking think for they, a guy that you want to have would for be six saying, years. We we know the wins aren't going to come at the, at the beginning of this, but we want the guy that's here to win to be the guy that's here to help Adley. I Rutschman. get it, like the mentor, the be right. like you know the guy we, that's the sensei, you know, Mike Sosha, who you know what I mean, like whoever it would Lou be. Lou Pinnell, let's bring Sweet Lou in. They, huh? I mean, hell, Tony Larusa, Tony Larusa's kicking ass. Like, why not go this route? Maybe Bobby Cox. Let's I see, like Joe Torrey's available. Something along those lines. Maybe that's the route that we go. Um, and I'm all of this is just me spitballing. Sure. This is not me saying anything in any way. I'm just saying I would listen. I'm not here to defend Brandon Hyde. This is insane. Nobody's arguing. It doesn't affect me in any way. It's also not his fault. I'm not going to pretend that it's because no of Brandon question, Hyde. Right? No like, question. It's not his fault. But you can't ignore just how unbelievably bad it is. And, yes, at some point it does become toxic. And when it becomes toxic, you worry, thank you, you worry about it seeping in and being what certain players know of the Orioles organization and their time in Baltimore and that it carries and lingers with them moving forward. It hasn't now, stopped, you know, Mountcastle and Mullins from producing, you right? See, like, like the thing with Cedric Mullins the other night where he just sort of casually caught a ball in center field and didn't bother to see that Wander Franco was trying to take second base right in front of him you say it's not affecting them because he's still hitting sure but it's affecting them and you are seeing lapses in baseball iq you're seeing it's not just that the team isn't good enough we know the team isn't good enough it's they're not good enough and they're bad i get it 
and they're playing poorly, and they're not interested. And I get it. That's what happens when you're getting your ass kicked night in and night out. I understand that. But that's the reason why managers lose their jobs in these circumstances. Because at some point, as much as you and I know it's better for the Orioles to lose games, what the organization might be worried about is, does this continue? Do Do you get so frustrated as a young player? And the truth might be they're not really all that concerned about this group of players. That as good well, as Cedric Mullins has been, well, overwhelmingly, but even the Cedric Mullins and Ryan Mountcastles to them are not going to be the defining factor in whether or not this works. But they're still right? important. I'm not saying they're not important, but it's that they are willing to deal with the fact that those guys might be frustrated right now and live with it because they're not what's going to make or break whether or not this entire philosophy is going to work ultimately. They might be just collateral damage in that process. That all being said... I'd be surprised if they fired Brandon Hyde before the end of the year. You're just too close to the end of the season. I mean, is there a number they could get to? If they got to like 25 straight losses or something like that, could, could they get to a point where they say, no, we, we have no choice? Maybe. Maybe they could get to that point. Maybe they could get to a point where they say, we have no choice. We have to. And it wouldn't stun me if they get to that number. How could I be stunned by that? What's stopping them from getting to that number? John Means. Maybe. About four or five days. Maybe. Like, Who's maybe it's Sunday. Is. I'm going to be there. Uh, it's, it's Yesterday was Wednesday, so Thursday. Friday, could be Means, Saturday. right? Yeah, it should, it should be Means. It, it would be his turn. Look at God, huh? It would be, I mean, if you say so. Hey, better than anybody else. So. All right. Today's show is also brought to you by Window Nation. During August, all customers that get an in-home estimate will be entered to win your home project for free as they're celebrating the 15th anniversary of Window Nation. Or you can buy two windows and get two free, plus pay nothing for two full years. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Next Thursday, we launch a new season of the Press Box Fantasy Football Show. Joining us now to try to... Help you set your lineups. Well, I guess not lineups. That'll be what we do on the Press Box Fantasy Football Show. I'm just used to saying that when I introduce him. Giving you draft advice. Yeah, he'll give you some advice for the draft. He is our friend Ken Zalis, and he's back with us here on GCR. KZ, what's going on, pal? Good morning. How are you? How's everything? Uh, the Orioles. Uh, I'm, I'm doing well. In fact, I just submitted, and probably out today or tomorrow, a draft board rankings movement article that'll come out. Ooh, so, ooh, what? You know, That's an assortment of words. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I get it. How have things changed? And I guess the next question would be, what really would have changed, right? Like, what really? You're not basing Daryl Henderson has gone up. Yeah, from from a couple months ago. Hey. Sure, yeah, no doubt about that. But you're not well, like basing that on something that you saw in a preseason football game. No, I'm not basing it on what I saw in a preseason football game for the, for the most part. Maybe some of the rookies and younger no, players. No, ah, uh. um, you know, but it, but more so of reports coming out of camps and things like that. And it's not it's not like somebody moved from off my board to uh, you know RB two, but it's just some movement up and down. You know, like Saquon Barkley, for example. I have moved him down in my rankings. A lot of people have him as a top five or six running back. I now have him as number 11. I don't like what I'm hearing out of Giants camp. I don't like the fact that they have no healthy offensive linemen. I don't like the fact that he hasn't participated in team drills yet, and I know he's coming back. So if he, if he gets off to a slow start this year, 
overall, I don't like where that's trending. Not that he's not going to play, not that you shouldn't draft him. I just like 10 other guys right now that I feel more comfortable with. Mm, Very interesting. Very interesting. By the way, I have no interest in Saquon Barkley, so I'm kind of with you on that. I mean, if he's sitting there, like. Yeah, I mean, if he was sitting there at at 11, then yeah. If he's there in the second round. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I'm taking him. I'm not taking him in the first round right now. I'm not taking him over Chubb. Aaron Jones, Eckler, anything like that. And give me, give me uh, somebody and, else. And even somebody like Antonio Gibson, I'm not taking him over at this point. I tend to agree. Um, I have a question from – this is from Ryan. Ryan says, Glenn, I know you're not going to like this, but can you ask Ken if there is some point in the draft where he would take a flyer on Deshaun Watson? Yeah, there is. Um, you know, it, it, after you've – gotten your if you're one of these people that likes to draft a backup quarterback um let's say you are one of these people that decided that patrick mahomes just was too good to pass up in the third round of your draft if you want to take deshaun watson in the 14th round of your draft as a hey you know well not even trade bait but you know if it works out then i have trade bait yes um you know, I, I don't have a problem with it because the reality is the 14th, 15th, 16th rounds of your fantasy draft, we're churning that most times throughout the year anyway. If you want to, you know, have a boom or bust pick there, I don't have a problem with it. But I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, the, you look at, you know, average draft positions and the averages somewhere around the 12th round in certain drafts, that, that's too rich for my blood. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with that. and I, I, I'm not doing it like with the thought that actually anything is going to come from it. I'm just doing it in a way – and I, by the way, I'm not doing it. I've said this, but it's not it's – not I'm not stuff. doing it either. Yeah. I'm not doing it either. But if you, but if you want to throw that dart, um, go ahead, throw the dart. Uh, but don't do it – I mean, don't be the person that says, oh, I don't know who else to take. I'll throw a dart in round 10. Uh, take anybody else. Right. Are you in the same boat as me, who essentially is kind of writing off anybody in the Texans receiving group? <laughs> um, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, I you know, I, late in a draft, I'll, I'll grab – I've grabbed some shares of a, a Nico Collins. Um, I'm really not interested in Brandon Cooks. I, I probably have him too high in my rankings, and – by saying that, I have him at 44 in my rankings, so it's not like I'm high on him. But he seems to produce somehow uh, wherever he goes. But, yeah, I, I've just – the only guy I'm drafting out of Houston really with any regularity is uh, Philip Lindsay at this point. He is Ken Zalis. He is brought to you by Glory Days Grill, CCBC, and MDOT. Don't forget the Glory Days Grill is hiring right now. All positions, I know a lot of people coming through a difficult time because of the pandemic, they're hiring at Glory Days Grill. If you want to work for a great family-oriented company known for their commitment to the community, then stop into one of their restaurants and speak with a manager. Management opportunities are available. Find out more at glorydaysgrill.com. Uh, KZ, so give me another example of someone that perhaps has moved a little bit as uh, you're getting ready to do your rankings again. I know you just put out some rankings recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's go to tight ends. Uh, everybody, um, you know, we know who the top three are with Kelsey, Waller, and Kittle. But after that, there's, you know, is it Hawkinson? Is it Pitts? Is it Andrews? 
But the guy I've moved up is Logan Thomas. I've moved him up to number seven. And the reason I've moved him up to number seven is partially because I like the reports that there's some chemistry between him and Fitzpatrick, who likes to push the ball down the field, and he's a, a seam-type uh, tight end that, that likes to, to move downfield. Um, but I also am worried about the quarterback situation in Denver for Noah Fan mm-hmm. and Zach Ertz is still hanging around as much as I like Dallas Goddard. Goddard uh, you know, I I, I want to I want him to be a guy because I think he's that talented. But if Zach Ertz remains on uh, the Eagles, there's less targets uh, to be around there. So you know, I take I, I move Logan up into that seven spot just because I'm uneasy about the other situations. Really doesn't mean I don't like those players, but I just feel more confident about Logan Thomas, who probably isn't being mentioned as much right after the top what we consider six uh tight ends you hear a no. lot of fan you hear a lot of tanyan big tyler higby you know irv smith jr I, I just i would prefer thomas over those guys um you mentioned higby the rams are curious this year for receivers uh with matt stafford coming aboard it used to kind of be well you know woods is going to be a safe floor and Cup's going to be, you know, have his big moments and Goff had a love relationship with Cooper Cup. But, like, when you get to round four and you're choosing between those guys now, it seems like you're kind of – I personally don't know who's going to be better this year. Who do you lean in that dynamic? And are you thinking that with Stafford, maybe Woods could see an uptick in production? Yeah, I have Woods there. I have Woods as a top 12 receiver this year. And not that I don't like Cup. I mean, he's in my top 2021 um, because I think there's opportunity for both of them. But I think Woods is the guy. Stafford has a big arm. He wants to push the ball down the field. I think, you know, not as much underneath uh, with the checkdowns. We don't see that as much with Stafford over the years. You know, you don't throw for 5,000 yards by checking the ball down constantly. So if I'm going to take one of those guys – for me, it, it, it's it, it's uh, it's Robert Woods, and it's not real close for me. It's not that I hate Cooper Cup. I think he has his moments, but I don't think the target share is nearly what, what it could be. If you need to hone your computer skills to boost your career or maybe you want an IT certification, CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field, and it's all tuition-free from the basics to specialized training. They have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. Ken, as I mentioned, obviously I'm not watching uh, any preseason football because that would be a horrendous way for me to spend my time. But because I'm not, not that I I care at all about what somebody did in a certain preseason game because Lord knows that means nothing. I mean, did I miss anything on the injury front that might matter through the first round of preseason football games? I mean, uh, no, no, not not really. That's wonderful uh, I mean, real, really, really, the practice is where we see. I mean, if you if you're following practices and and you know, I mean, guys come on and off of practice fields all the time. We saw we heard DJ Moore. Uh, got taken off the field today with a shoulder. We also heard that Robbie Anderson got taken off the field yesterday. So their their uh, situation just got uh, kind of uh, crazy if if those two guys have significant injuries. But I didn't really see anything that that would worry me at this point. 
Well, we also have to remember with this whole three preseason games, four if you're the Dallas or or, uh, or the Steelers, um, is that even after the third preseason game, you still have two weeks before the regular season. So there's a lot of, you know, we, you know, I know we're we're in preseason, but we're still a month away from the regular season. So there's plenty of time for guys that unless they're they're out for the year, um, I'm not I'm not going to get too worried about oh, it also seems like teams have finally wised up and just they're not playing anyone that they're not i mean I was, I was surprised at, God bless. At, you know how how much some teams played some of their starters and some of their high draft picks uh you know a, a little bit i mean we you know you 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 don't want to get those high draft picks hurt either but uh you know you gotta see what they have and yeah, they have smarted up. They're not playing those those guys as much. Um, the, I just this is generic. Somebody is looking. Uh, Chris, I, I appreciate the question. Try to be more. Chris wants to know if you could just get generically, give him a couple of ideas of names that he should be paying more attention to that perhaps he's not paying attention <coughs> to. Essentially, he's just asking you for sure. some sleepers. Oh well, you know here here's the great thing, and and we'll have this we'll have this out, and we'll have this on. Um, on press box online soon, but there's a, there's actually a, a sleeper rankings thing. Oh. But, um, so, um, so I'll give you two names quarterback. I, I, I don't think we're paying enough, uh, attention to Tua, uh, at all. I think he's, you know, he was everybody's darling until he got hurt. And then he didn't have a, uh, a proper preseason and he didn't, he, and then he didn't play for six weeks. And then he, he was mediocre at best. He's had a full year to recover. Um, and by all accounts, he, he, he's, he's looked great and, and the reports are positive. So I, I think we're a little low on him. I think uh, Phil Lindsay is a guy that's not getting enough attention out of Houston. I, I don't, I think he's the, the running back to own in Houston and um, starting running backs when it comes to fantasy are few and far between. So I think he's the guy. Uh, uh, four receivers, real quick: uh, Terrace Marshall Jr. in Carolina, mm-hmm. Jalen Rager in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. Amon Ross St. Brown in Detroit, and Brian Edwards in Vegas are four guys to keep an eye on. And then two tight ends: uh, Gerald Everett and Donald Parham Jr. Mm-hmm. from oh, yeah, the Chargers. LA Chargers. Yeah. All right, um... are, are names that that. Just I'm not I'm not saying draft them you know early I'm just saying they're not getting enough attention and as we get through and closer to the regular season you may start hearing more and more about those those people. Two uh, positional groups on different teams that seem to be sort of a cluster and I'm hesitant to really dip my toes into. Where's the value you mentioned the Dolphins in the Dolphins receiving core and the 49ers backfield? Um. So the value, let's start. The value is Trey Sermon for the 49ers because of I, inevitably get, I'm going to end up drafting him too. This is this is my curse. This is my burden. Mid round rookie running backs. I inevitably will. Yeah, always... I mean, I mean, you could get them to, uh, almost two rounds after after Mozart. So um, you you look at you know and and look when when Mozart plays, he's been great, but he's been hurt. And he's 29 years old, and and we know with running backs, you know, once you start to approach 30, some things happen. Now there's, so and there's always a, you know, there's always the hot hand, and we never know what Shanahan's going to do. But I really like what I saw at Sher- from Sermon, uh, uh, Sermon, and you know, he's 
you know, uh, he he's cheap. And so the value, when we're talking value and dress, he's the value. I mean, you could wind up getting a starting running back in round eight or round nine for what should be a pretty good football team. So you go there. And then in Miami, uh, for me, it's Waddle, and I'm not interested in anyone else. Do you think he's going to be just heavily involved, like target-wise, out of the gate, or is yes. it more of an investment in the future? Uh, I think he's – I need the team in targets. All right. It's very good. I, I just – I, I just uh, – there's so many guys there. It's like, it, you know, I, I didn't even know. Like, they announced that Alan Hearns was out, out for the season. I'm like, I didn't even know he was there. So, I, it, they have so many wide receivers. It seems like, uh, you know, a bunch of them are, are nicked up. Um, I'm, I'm not in the, uh, the Parker uh, industry anymore. Um, like the talent, but it just never seems to work out. I think Waddle's the guy, and, and – you know, you have that Tua Waddle connection. I mean, they've played with each other before. So, all right, Ken Zalis, Pressbox Fantasy Football expert. We will kick off officially the Pressbox Fantasy Football show next Thursday. Every Thursday throughout the season at 11:30 a.m., KZ will be joining us here in studio, and it all starts next Thursday morning at Fans Fantasy on Twitter is how you follow him. Pressboxonline.com is where you see his stuff. Ken Zalis, appreciate you, pal. We will see you in here next Thursday morning. Sounds good. Looking forward to it, guys. Ken Zalis, Pressbox Fantasy Football expert. Appreciate him always. And you can build your fantasy football team with KZ. Enter to win a pre-draft virtual consultation with Pressbox Fantasy Football expert Ken Zalis, plus personalized weekly advice throughout the season. Enter now, pressboxonline.com slash contests. That is where you sign up to win all of this. This, not just preseason, but throughout the season, you are able to get that with KZ. That is awesome. It is invaluable, that prize. I mean, just imagine having that at your disposal at all times. That is great stuff. All right, uh, we are here. It is Glenn Clark Radio. It is a Thursday edition of the program. Of course, the Ravens and Panthers are practicing together this week. Today's show is also brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3, 410-401-9797, or visit C3America.com to get a free analysis and to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. Again, 410-401-9797 or C3America.com. Ravens-Panthers practice for a second time today. They're getting ready for a preseason game on Saturday night. Great opportunity for us to catch up again with a former Terp. He is Carolina Panthers linebacker Jermaine Carter, and he's back with us here on GCR. Jermaine, it's Glenn and Kyle in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you again, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. No problem. Thanks for having me, you guys. A- absolutely, dude. It's great to catch up with you. So, like you, a few years ago, coming into the league, fifth-round pick, you didn't have all the hype. A lot of people didn't even know you were going to get drafted. How good does it feel to like be able to look back on all those idiots that were like, this guy doesn't have a chance to get drafted, and say, how do you like me now that not only did you make it, but you've been really good during the course of your NFL career? Man, it feels great, you know, to, just to get drafted because it was always a dream of mine. I grew up watching watching NFL games every Sunday. It was, a, like I said, a dream of mine. I always wanted to be in the NFL. And like you said, a lot of people said, that I probably would go undrafted. So when I did get drafted, it felt great. And then when I was able to 
you know, I started a couple games these past couple seasons, and that felt even better. So it's just amazing. It just keeps me grounded, and that's all I have to say about it. No, dude, it's I, we're happy for you, man, because you're a great dude, and we knew what kind of football player you were, and I was stunned that you weren't getting that type of love coming out of college, yeah, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. Appreciate and, that. And, and you have proven a lot. Hey, Jermaine, tell me, what was it like, you know, at the beginning of your career to be able to spend some time around Luke Keekley and, and how did that help you and maybe – you know, set you up to, to learn a few things as you move forward in your NFL career? Man, it was great, you know, because like I said, I, I consider myself a football junkie. I watched a lot of football. So even in college, I would watch film of Luke Keekley. So being able to get drafted by, by the by the Carolina Panthers and being able to play next to him, start a couple games next to him, my first two seasons was amazing because like I said, I watched a lot of football growing up. Yeah, And just having him around, it was able to pick his brain it just helped me take my game to the next level, you know, and that's what I'm, I'm – it's helped me this year tremendously because I'm I'm hoping for a starting position right now. I'm battling for a starting position. Yep. Uh, last last year I started the last seven games, and I used all the knowledge that I gained from him, and it, it really helped me out. Is there any one thing in particular? Is there any, like, one piece of advice or something that you saw him do that, like, when you do it, you're like, oh, damn, man, I know I do that because of Luke Keekly. Is there anything like that? Well, man, he just like he just comes to work every day. He's always prepared. He's he's always watching film. You know, that's that's the biggest thing that I picked up from him. Cool. Just his little his film habits. You know, just to watch TV copies of games and pick up on verbiage from the offense. You know, that was probably the biggest thing that I picked up from him is is, is some of his his study habits and stuff like that. You know, I, I, we're talking with Jermaine Carter, the Carolina Panthers, of course, a former Terp. Jermaine, you're, you're, you're out there this week, and you get another team and a different caller to look at, and we've, we've heard a lot. We're not down there, but we've heard a lot about it getting chippy a couple times over the last couple of days. Is that just the nature of, like, you've been waiting for the opportunity to have somebody who isn't one of your teammates to go run up against? And, uh, and Man, it's just, it's, it's just the competitiveness of the game. You know, yeah. they're competitive, we're competitive. You know, you don't don't want to lose the rep. And then it's, it's just a, it's a physical sport, so – you know, sometimes it's hard to ease up on on a hit. You know, some that's that's how most of, most times it starts. A uh, guy gets hit they, that they don't like, and then you know it turns into a fight. You know, that's just how it happens. But it's just the nature of the game. You know, everybody gets competitive. Everybody gets chippy. You know, sometimes that even happens on your own team. <laughs> if it is easier to do it when you know that's not a guy that you need to help you win, right? <laughs> like, right, right, right. It's, it's definitely more easy when it's the other side, and then I wearing the same color. No doubt, man. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Jermaine, I know you're you're a Wizards fan, right? Like you've stuck it out big, with them, big over, Wizards fan, uh, yeah. And I see you on Twitter all the time. How difficult has it been? Because like you know, everybody else in football just roots for the Lakers or roots for whoever's good. Like that's the nature of the way the basketball fandom is. How difficult is it for you to like represent and be a Wizards fan when you know it's not always been the greatest thing in the world, or you haven't always had the greatest results? Man, it's not difficult for me at all because I always grew up a Wizards fan. I was a Wizards fan when when we had Mike Miller, Randy Foy, JaVale McGee. You know, so I went through the bad times. Hey, that's, hey, that's gold we, medalist JaVale McGee. Show him some respect. Yeah, gold medalist. Gold medal JaVale <laughs> McGee, you know. I was a huge Wizards fan when um, Gilbert Arenas, you know. I used to always go to the games back in the day. You know, now that I'm in Charlotte, I, I catch a lot of heat on Twitter from um, from Panthers fans for not being a Hornets fan now, but 
I got to stick true to my roots. I always be a Wizards fan. <laughs> I respect that. And now, first of all, I respect that because it's real easy for somebody to just be like, the hell with it. I'm going to go root for the Lakers, too, or whatever. You know, go root. You know, yeah, you I can't, see, I, I, I'm true to my team, man. I can't I can't just switch from the Wizards to the Lakers I, because they're a good team. But, you know, I'll, I'll always be true. One day, one day we're going to be a good team. So <laughs> <laughs> I respect. Oh boy, I, I hope you're right about that because I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's been awfully tough for I'm Wizards. Always, I'm always have faith. We can have the worst roster in the league, and I'm always <laughs> believe we got a chance to win. How excited are you about what Mike Loxley is doing? And I know it wasn't a lot last season. They didn't get to play a lot of games, but, like, they went and beat Penn State, and they look great against Minnesota, and Talia Tungavailoa looks like the real deal as quarterbacks go. How excited are you about what he's doing right now? Man, I'm excited about uh, what Coach Loxley's doing at Maryland. For one, he recruited me to Maryland. He was one of the main recruiters getting me to, uh, to come to Maryland. And he just, like I said, he does a great job of recruiting, so – He's got a lot of good guys, a lot of good recruits to come in, and all he needs is those guys to buy in. And I think they're they're going to buy in coming into the, the next season of the program. And one thing I feel like we were always missing at, at Maryland was a quarterback. You know, like you said, um, Tua's little brother. He he's 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 a he's a beast. He every of uh, the games that we did play, he showed out. So yeah, you no. Know, I look forward to watching those boys next season, and I can't wait to wait to see them. Can you explain to people what it is about Coach Loxley? I, I have this conversation all the time, and I, I, I know Mike, and I like Mike, and, and, and I, people always use words like he's real or he's genuine. There's just something different about him than any other football coach. Can you put into words for you what it is about him that makes him stand out and makes guys want so badly to play for him? Yeah, man, you took the words right out of my mouth. He like like you said, he's real. He's a real guy. He genuine. Uh, he's from Washington D.C. You know, so so a lot of the times, you know, you joke around with him. He has a lot of you, he knows some of the slang. You know, the terminology. You know, so he's just somebody you can you can uh, communicate with. You can connect with because he's 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 seen some of the similar things. He's been through some of the similar things being from Washington D.C. So. I think a lot of the guys is like that, you know, especially when you're homegrown. No, I get that entirely, man. And we hear it from so many people that they're just like, he's just, he's just not a car salesman. Like he really is. He's legit. He's very yeah, real. He means, he means what he says. So that's one thing you can appreciate about a coach. seems like the number one rule of just like training camp in general is like, don't touch the quarterback. Does it make it easier or harder when you have Lamar Jackson, who is hard to touch even if you are trying to touch the quarterback, and if you get a chance to, you're like, oh, my gosh, how am I supposed to pull up right now? Well, you know, with, with, in practice, you know, since you're not supposed to touch the quarterback, we didn't get, we didn't get too many quarterback runs, quarterback, quarterback design runs. I think we got one or two, you know, just, just to be safe, be cautious, so nobody will accidentally hit them, you know, but – it was it's it's pretty simple, you know, just to buzz past the quarterback because it comes second nature at this point. No, but it ain't easy with him. It is not yeah, yeah, yeah. easy <laughs> with that dude. And tell me why it is that your boy DJ Moore doesn't get more love as one of the top wide receivers in the NFL, man. Like all that dude ever does is be super productive, amazing at, at his job, and nobody talks about him like one of the top receivers in the league the way they should. Man, I honestly don't know. It, like you said, it's, it's some of the same things that going back to college. He was. He was a great receiver in college. You know, we he played with about six different quarterbacks our senior year, well, my senior year, and he's just he produced then and he's producing now. So I don't understand why he doesn't get the love that he deserves. I feel like he's a Pro Bowl caliber guy, and 
this season, hopefully he takes another leap and shows the world that he's a Pro Bowl caliber guy. Dude, he's unbelievable. He's absolutely unbelievable. It's wide receiver you at the University of Maryland. Like, you know, for yeah, some we, reason. We, we've been putting out a lot of receivers lately. No freaking – and Diggs never got the love that he deserved. You know, like, Torrey never got – for whatever reason, I'll never understand it, man. Like, these guys, yeah. they, they all deserve more love. All right. Yeah, uh, man, that's J- amazing. Jermaine Carter, I know you're just getting off the practice field. you got stuff to do. What can we plug for you, Twitter, Instagram? Where can Maryland fans be giving you a follow? Uh, on Twitter, you can follow me at uh, Jermaine Carter. And on Instagram, you can follow me at Jermaine Carter Jr. That's it. Jermaine Pretty Carter Jr. Pretty simple and straightforward. No doubt, man. Uh, Jermaine Carter, we're so happy for you, bro. You're such a great dude and a hell of a football player, and we have enjoyed every conversation we've had with you, and we love watching you play. Um, have a, have a, may, may not only you win the starting job, but may everybody in the NFL know your name uh, by the yeah, time the season is over. Thank you for taking the time for us. No problem. Jermaine Carter, great dude. Really appreciate him hopping on with us, um, as I know it's a chaotic situation when those practices end, and he's got guys run, yelling at him, and, you know, there's what's a hundred and some, there's, how many guys are on each roster? 85, I think? 80 still? What, they, tr- they trimmed right? down to? 85 or 83, one of the two. They trimmed down, maybe? I think it was to 85. Yeah, so right. it's like 160, 170 football players that are all out there at the same time, and you got all that going on, and yet he was like, yeah, I'm happy to do it. So, great dude, and. A damn good football player. Another guy, remember that year, like, we put him on. Yeah. And we were like, maybe an undrafted guy. Like, maybe somebody get. He got picked in the fifth round. No, he's only and done more than add to his no profile. No freaking yeah. doubt about it. Like, he is a he is an NFL player for sure. He is completely legit. Appreciate uh, Jermaine Carter taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. When we come back in, we're going to chat with Diego Fago, Navy linebacker, as they get ready for the start of their season. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Party with the flock at the Ravens Countdown to Kickoff Watch Party presented by Miller Lite on Monday, September 13th at M&T Bank Stadium. Celebrate the start of the season with a live performance by all-time low, plus a watch party for the Ravens vs. Raiders game on the Ravens Vision Boards. Appearances by Ravens legends, cheerleaders, Baltimore's marching Ravens, playmakers, and Poe. Tickets are $10 in advance and $20 the day of the event. Visit BaltimoreRavens.com slash kickoff for tickets and more info. Glory Days Grill's popular summer seasonal menu is back with favorites like their very berry salad and smoky thigh wings. It also features the all-new shrimp po' boy, crispy fried shrimp on a freshly baked sub roll with lettuce, tomato, and a house-made spicy remoulade. Other delicious items include a 12-ounce New York strip steak, the barbecue chicken bowl, barbecue ribs, and smoky thigh wings combo platter, zucchini fries, and a key lime pie. All of these meals pair well with Sam Adams Summer Ale or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. Glory Days Grill is hiring all positions. Want to work for a great family-oriented company known for their commitment to the community? Stop into one of their restaurants and speak with a manager. Management opportunities are available. Find out more by going to glorydaysgrill.com. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof 
roof and siding damage, call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. It takes time to get rich, flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of Colombia and Brazil to Royal Farms. But less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world. Because Royal Farms' new Swiss-made coffee machines grind those rich, flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time. It's why Royal Farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. As one of only seven equestrian events of its kind, the inaugural Maryland Five Star at Bear Hill will give you unparalleled access to Olympic athletes in action. Come see the world's best horses and riders compete at the new Fair Hill Special Event Zone this October 14th through 17th in Elkton, Maryland. Don't miss the exhilarating cross-country competition, the elegance of dressage, and the precision of show jumping. There's something for the whole family, including great shopping, the fresh food fest, beer, wine, and spirit showcase, and so much more. Come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, October 14th through 17th. Buy your tickets now at MarylandFiveStar.us with the number five. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. The latest issue of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens cornerback Marlon Humphrey, who may well be the Ravens' next true defensive superstar in the lineage of Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, and Terrell Suggs. Also inside, we introduce you to Maryland Navy, Towson, and Morgan State football players and everything you need to know for football betting as it launches in Maryland. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. This is BlendPartRadio.com. Nothing but net. All right, back in here on GCR. The Purple Takeover is coming to the Maryland State Fair. F- football stars of the future, of the present, and of the past in Baltimore, will all be there as part of the Purple Takeover. It includes Hall of Famer Lenny Moore. It includes Ronnie Stanley, Adafi Owe, Hollywood Brown, James Prochet, Ben Cleveland, and so many more. Go right now to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's the word great, the number eight, the letter S, the word memorabilia. GreatEightsMemorabilia.com to get your tickets for the autograph sessions, the meet and greets with these Baltimore football stars in the Purple Takeover, coming to the Maryland State Fair. And don't forget, we've partnered with Great Eights Memorabilia for the Tyus Bowser Show this fall. Eight shows starting September 7th, Tuesday night, down in Pasadena at Mother's. Find out more by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. We had to do this a little bit earlier on because of their schedule and getting ready for the start of the season down at Navy, but an opportunity to chat 
with um, one of their best players, one of the top defensive players in the American Conference. He's Diego Fago right now here on GCR. We're just a couple weeks away from the start of college football season, including Navy getting things underway against Marshall. Joining us now to preview the mids, let's talk to one of their captains, outstanding linebacker for the Navy midshipmen. He is Diego Fago, and he's with us now here on GCR. Diego, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, thanks, Glenn. I'm really happy to be here. Well, it's great to, to look forward to this uh, conversation. It's really great to chat with you, man. Can, can we start with just preparing for this season? And I know that nobody likes to look backwards or, or compare in that way, but a year ago there was so much uncertainty. You guys weren't even allowed to hit um, during practice in the build-up to a season. The feel going into this year in comparison to a year ago, can you put into words just how different things are? Yeah, and, you know, the best comparison that I can give you is just night and day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just, just there's, there's no, I mean, there's really no comparison other than that, just the difference between, you know, having that opportunity to hit versus not is, you know, incredible, you know, because especially on defense, I mean, that's, that's, all, we, that's all we do. And it, it is really important on offense as well just because of what we're doing as a triple option, but – on defense, it is so crucial that we get live reps that we see, you know, the offense running full speed at us or, you know, having those full speed uh, game-like opportunities to make tackles and whatnot. Uh, and not having that last year really, really hurt us, as you can kind of tell at the beginning of the year. You know, I, I'm not trying to, like, put the this, this, this sole blame on that, but you guys did go, you know, as, a, as it turns out, a week later, after the season started, you know, you looked pretty good for a little while. Were you able to figure out – how much of what you went through a year ago maybe was because of all of that stuff that we're talking about, not being hit, the nature of, of everything that was going on in the world. And do you feel like you guys are in a better place to go out and compete to win the AAC this year just because you're not dealing with that? Right. And, you know, honestly, Glenn, like not having that opportunity to hit really, really, really put us behind the ball. Um, I mean, yeah, we did come back week two and, and, you know, have a better game. But even as the season progressed, we were physically not ready. And so we saw a bunch of starters get hurt. Yeah, We saw a, a, a huge amount of underclassmen having to step up into a role that they were not prepared for because they didn't have a spring ball. They didn't have a real fall camp. And they were just literally thrown into the wolves. And you kind of saw us really digress. Um defensively heading into the middle of the season. Now, you know, with that being said, obviously we are looking forward. Um, you know, 2020 is behind us. Yep. And moving forward this upcoming year, you know, yeah, I think we do have a way better chance of, you know, participating or competing within the American Athletic Conference. You know, every single year it's going to be a challenge just because of the teams that we face are very good. And if you take a look at our schedule, I mean, we don't have any easy, you know, quote unquote, easy games. So we really have to be on point this year. And I think we have the tools and the players to do that. Navy linebacker Diego Fago is with us. As we mentioned, the mids kick off the season September 4th by hosting Marshall at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. Diego, does, does it, you know, as we move now into this year, do you guys have a chip on your shoulder because of what you went through? And, and knowing the standard, right? Like, we know why you came to Navy. We know what the expectations are. 
Um, this has been not just a good program, but frankly, one of the best programs in the country um, for the, the time that Kenny Amatololo has been there. Do you carry a chip on your shoulder from a year ago to prove, hey, that's not what Navy football is all about? Yeah, to, to be completely honest, I think every single year, every Navy team that I've seen or that I've been a part of has had that chip on their shoulder. Sure. Um, just because of the nature of what the media does is they just rank us last. Uh, they project us to, you know, only have two, three wins. Um, they, they, you know, think that we're just going to get blown out by Notre Dame every year. And, you know, some of those other teams that we face and, you know, to be honest, yeah, again, we do have that chip. I mean, yeah, we have, we have a chip <laughs> on our shoulder and, um, you know, it, it's interesting that you even said that is because I think we're the most, like the fourth or the third most winningest uh, team in the American right. uh, since joining in 2015. And so it's like these reporters, the, you know, the, these analysts, you know, who think they're so smart, you know, ranking us last, <laughs> or we prove that we, we go out to prove them wrong every single year. And, you know, that isn't the main focus. I think the main focus is just doing our job, right. you know, trying to win every game and, 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 you know, the schematics of football. But at the end of the day, like, that's just another motivating factor that we take into account because, you know, why count us out so early when in the past we've done so well for ourselves, um, especially in this conference? Uh, it's, it's, it's recency bias, right? It's, you know, it, look, I, I assure you, I, knowing what you guys do on a day-to-day basis at the academy, I'll take the smarts of you guys over the smarts of the people in my business any day. I want to make that very clear. <laughs> no, I, I know I <laughs> how smart you guys are, and I appreciate the fact that you're the guys that are representing us. Diego, if I could go back, with that in mind, if I could go back, is this the first time you and I have had a chance to chat? Um, you know, you, you have carved out such a nice career for yourself, and you've got some things that you're going to be able to attain, but to take a step back, why was it Navy for you? Can you take me back to you know, making that decision for yourself and, and coming out of Florida and why it was that Navy Annapolis, that was the place where you wanted to be. Yeah. So, you know, to be honest, I, I never heard of Navy until, uh, they called me and offered me. I still kind of remember when they gave me that call. It, it was still, you know, I, I had quite a bit of offers coming out of high school. Uh, God really blessed me with that. But, you know, for some reason I kind of remember Navy in particular, but to be honest, I didn't ever really consider them. Like I said, I didn't really know much about Navy. Uh, I thought they were kind of just like whenever the Army Navy was playing, like it was enlisted guys or people in the actual <laughs> military playing against each other. I, had, I literally had no idea. And so to, yeah, to be honest, like when I committed to Navy, I was in a way a trailblazer because, again, people from my area just don't know much about service academies. And I've had the pleasure of, you know, seeing – how me committing and, and, you know, a few other people from my area committing and seeing, you know, I, I have a teammate right now that I used to play high school ball with. I have a few teammates on my team right now that are from that same exact area that I came out of. And, you know, that's, it's just really encouraging to see. Um, but, you know, in regards to picking Navy, to be honest, I really think it was just God leading me there. Uh, that might be <laughs> cliche to say, but, I was trying to commit to so many other schools and somehow one by one they dwindled out or they, you know, those numbers dwindled away. Or, you know, one time I was, I was literally about to go on an official visit to Illinois. I, I was probably going to uh, commit. And the night before they called me and were like, yeah, you don't have a offer anymore because someone committed. So hmm. you're not hmm. coming on the trip hmm. quick, you know, and, and it just happened. Just little things like that just happened time and time again. But Navy was so persistent, so consistent with, 
you know, what they were doing and what they were trying to implement that, you know, it just started opening that, uh, it started, you know, formula, I started formulating that idea, uh, that, you know, Navy might be the best option for me. And my dad gave me this analogy of, you know, he, he basically, he, he told me to get a football in a book. Right. And so he said, Hey, like put the football on the ground and try to stand on it. And I looked at him and was like, come on, dad, like, what are you talking about? then he was like, all right, now put the book on the ground and try to stand on the book. And so, you know, obviously I could stand on the book, but I couldn't stand on the football. And his, and his point was Navy had that, yeah. that, that thing that most schools that I was looking at at the time didn't have. And I'm not saying you can't be successful at other schools, but what I'm saying is Navy has that, you know, that factor that I can stand on that book for the next 40 years yeah. of my life. Or wherever that foundation. Yeah, no doubt, yeah, man. Right. By, by the, versus, you know, the football thing. So. What, what you just described sounds like a movie scene. So we're going to need you guys to go win a national championship this year so that people can yeah. see that scene in a movie <laughs> one day with you and your dad because that is phenomenal. That yeah. is outstanding. You know, we, yeah. we, like with that in mind, though, Diego, you, you know, I, I think people are aware you were named the Senior Bowl watch list and you've been an outstanding player at your time at Navy and and there could be opportunities that open up for you to continue moving on with football. And I know, like uh, you know, Cam just got released by the Buccaneers, but he was able to get that chance. And and Malcolm's with the Dolphins, and and we see guys getting those opportunities. Are you, are you starting to feel any of that? Like starting to feel that there could be a real chance for you to continue doing this, and and not you know, service still being a part of what you're going to do, but that opportunity to play professionally. Are you starting to feel a little bit of that? It's, yeah, definitely. Um, I I would just like by, like to say that you know even to be in this positioning it, position is uh, you know very humbling to be on those watch lists to be on those you know potential you know senior bowl thing. It it really isn't about me and it's about we we as a as a team and and just everyone doing their job so that I have that opportunity to make the tackle or even be in that position because without you know my teammates my coaches all that stuff I, I wouldn't be able to you know be where I am uh, today. But yes, I, I, it it is pretty surreal, uh, to be honest. I I don't think I ever really considered the N. I mean, I, I should take that back. The NFL has always been in the back of my mind. It wasn't my main focus. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, as time moved on, uh, and just kind of just the nature of what we've been doing here at Navy, I, I've gotten a few looks and a few opportunities, or I might have an opportunity one day uh, to move on to that next level. And so I'm just kind of excited to see where we go. Uh, but first and foremost, we just gotta we gotta figure out this season. We gotta right, gotta win some games. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Yeah, gotta, and, and that's that's our main focus. That's my main focus today. I, I respect everything you're saying. I want to. I want you to know, Diego. I respect what you're saying, which is you you want to answer my question, but you also want to acknowledge, hey, that's not the goal right now. And I I completely get that. And I know you guys are are worried about Marshall, and like that's what you're worried about. And I right, really exactly. do. Appre- I really do appreciate that for you. Um, have you have you started looking forward? Like, do you know? I, I know that it's not until after the season that you find out like where you would be headed in service. But like, do you have an idea of what service is going to look like for you whenever you know the football side of it ends? Whether it's you know after this season or after hopefully a lengthy NFL career. Yeah. So to be honest, I, I've always really wanted to be a Marine Corps officer. So uh, I think that's what I'm going to choose. Just awesome. coming out of uh, the Naval Academy. Again, not sure what's going to happen with the uh, the next level or anything like that, but 
the end of the day, if I, if I, if I don't go to the NFL, it's like kind of the best of two worlds. I get to serve my country. So, you know, if that, if that doesn't work out, then again, yeah, I'll, I'll probably be a Marine Corps. That's officer. awesome, man. That's awesome. And, and we appreciate that. And we are grateful for you guys to sign up for it. And that's an amazing, amazing commitment to make when, again, whenever that ends up being the case. Um, Diego on the football side, Diego Fago, just another minute or two with him here on Glenn Clark Radio. Um, I know that the quarterbacks have gotten a lot of attention as there's been a battle. On the defensive side of things, do you feel like you have a role to play in in putting you know pressure on those guys as they try to um, you know to sharpen themselves, win a competition, making sure you see who's best to lead this team during the course of the year? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think part of my role as captain, as a senior, as, you know, maybe one of the leaders on the defense is to develop those, you know, everyone on the team, not sure. just the quarterbacks. Um, just trying to, you know, grow the brotherhood, make sure, you know, our traditions are being carried and, and, and the game of football is being played right here at Navy. And especially at the quarterback, you know, uh, position, uh, there wasn't a clear-cut starter and there still isn't. And that battle was going on daily. But as a defensive player, you know, my job is to disrupt whatever the offense has going on when we verse each other. And so every single day I'm physically trying to, you know, disrupt what the quarterbacks are doing. And so I think from a football standpoint, I do have a pretty important role, just, again, trying to uh, create havoc on the uh, offensive side of the ball or, you know, versus the offense. Um, but, you know, that, that role, uh, that, that QB, that starting role is just – something that one of those guys are really just going to have to take hold of and just, you know, run with it, literally. So um, I'm excited to see what happens with those three guys. They're all working really, really hard, all very competitive and uh, very capable leaders and quarterbacks. All right, before I let you go, I saw a couple weeks back when uh, when everybody was starting to try to get excited about NIL, I saw you admitted openly that you're a Chipotle guy. So uh, give me what's your go-to. You're you're building a burrito or you're building a bowl at Chipotle. <laughs> if if there was a Diego Fago bowl or burrito, what would it look like? Yeah, so <laughs> I I do love Chipotle. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, they guys look sometimes jokingly call me Chipotle man. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I I'm a big bowl. I'm a bowl guy. Uh, I'll do white rice, black beans, double chicken. Um, hot sauce, lettuce, guac, and cheese. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. I, 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 I can't. I think I, I think I got it down pat there, Glenn. I can't really argue with any of that for what it's worth. I can't yeah. really argue with any of it. It's one of the few places, by the way, like, I'm the type of guy that tries to try everything in my life, but I do feel like it's one of the few places where, like, no, when I go, I know exactly what I'm getting. Like, there is right. no, there is no, I'll mix it up this time and try something else. Like, when I walk in, I know damn well what it is that I'm ordering, and it doesn't change a whole exactly. lot. That's yeah, the no, way that it goes. Yeah, that's why I love Chipotle. It's clean cut, easy, and it's it's pretty healthy for a, a you know a football player like me. So I love it. I love that. All right, Diego Fago. It's at Diego Fago fifty four D I E G O F A G O T fifty four on Twitter. What about on Instagram, Diego? Where can Navy fans give you a follow there? Uh, same handle there. I actually end up. I, ha- I got hacked a few weeks ago, so oh. I, I ended up having to make a new Instagram. But yeah. All right. So give it that. that give him a follow on the new Instagram. Let's build that <laughs> number up for Diego Fago. Hey man, we can't wait to see what you guys are gonna do. Uh, a lot of excitement. Some rumors about maybe an appearance by College Game Day. That would be pretty amazing. Um, just uh, can't wait to see you guys bounce back and prove what you're all about this season. Diego, thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Best of luck during the course of the year. Yeah, thank you again.
He is Diego Fago, great football player, great dude. Appreciate him taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Yeah, there was a report this week in the uh, Capitol that uh, ESPN would be coming to Annapolis for College Game Day on 9-11. It's the 20th anniversary of 9-11, and it also happens to be that uh, Navy is playing Air Force that day. It would seem like a very fitting yeah. uh, television thing to do on that particular day. It could not be confirmed yet by um, uh, anyone at Navy, but uh, that was a report this week from Bill Wagner, who, of course, is very plugged in. And so uh, no reason for me to think that he is making that up by any stretch of the imagination. The college game day would come to Annapolis this year. Um, scary scene near the end of practice today down in Charlotte. You know, we talked to Jermaine Carter from the Panthers, but um, Mark Andrews, you talk about some of the – I was just referencing any of these sort of insane moments as practice is ending. Mark Andrews went down with what we're told is cramping, and it required an IV, and an ambulance was brought to the field, and – that's particularly scary when you combine that with the fact that we, you know, we know Mark Andrews is dealing with um, being a diabetic, and you know we had worried about him a year ago in the COVID pandemic and whether or not he was going to be impacted. It it doesn't appear to be as bad as it looks. Sounds it, like a it, serious dehydration sort it of situation. Seems like it's it's yeah. more that and not you know like no. a like a. a what you worry about, particularly in those spots, is heat stroke. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I, and I think we're all in the aftermath of Jordan McNair dying a few years ago. I think we're all a little bit more sensitive to it um, in these parts. You worry about that significantly in those circumstances. Um, John Harbaugh described it as serious cramping, and you know that's not the end of the world. That's it's scary still in those moments. Maybe make but, sure to get him a little more water during yeah, practice. Yeah, I would. Well, I don't know if it's it's their fault or his fault. Like sure. you know, I, who knows? Um, but does not appear to be as scary as it yes, looked. as it yes. as it looked or the initial right. reports, the initial images that we were the details seeing on would suggest, yeah. Twitter were making it seem. It seems as though he's okay, and certainly the Ravens do not need Mark Andrews to be doing anything. For a few weeks, sure. they have plenty of time for him to make sure that he's all right. Um, Drink a lot of water. Yeah, no question, and make sure that he is good to go. So uh, that was the news that was kind of coming out of uh, practice today, but it looks like Mark Andrews is okay. All right, into hour number two of today's program. It's brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in the Toyota RAV4 which is available right now at your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. It's available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Again, check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Um, Have had a few responses to the conversation we were having about Brandon Hyde earlier. I do want to get into that. Uh, Still to come this hour, Jerry DiNardo, Big Ten Network. We're going to talk some Terps with him. That's all on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition-free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. 
it's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. Here it watch out for the first time the pga tours fedex cup playoffs is coming to maryland the top 70 players in the world converge on kays valley golf club for the 2021 bmw championship august 24th through 29th 2021 baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up tickets are now available don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold visit bmwchampionship.com today C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. As one of only seven equestrian events of its kind, the inaugural Maryland Five Star at Bear Hill will give you unparalleled access to Olympic athletes in action. Come see the world's best horses and riders compete at the new Fair Hill Special Event Zone this October 14th through 17th in Elkton, Maryland. Don't miss the exhilarating cross-country competition, the elegance of dressage, and the precision of show jumping. There's something for the whole family, including great shopping, the Fresh Food Fest, beer, wine, and spirits, showcase and so much more come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the maryland five star at fair hill october 14th through 17th buy your tickets now at maryland five star.us with the number five this is how you get a premium cup of coffee better and faster than the drip 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 method and way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when at royal farms our new swiss made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms Coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. We take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. The perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. We're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Book your table now at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. It's Window Nation's 15th year anniversary. During August, all customers that get an in-home estimate will be entered to win your home project for free. That's correct, a chance to win free, top-of-the-line, energy-efficient Window Nation windows installed by experts with over 15 years' experience that will keep your home cool during the summer months and warm during the colder months. If you don't win, get half of your windows free with their buy two windows and get two free deal. Plus, pay nothing for two full years. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio. 21st Century Talk Radio at glennclarkradio.com. Glennclarkradio.com. All right, back in here on GCR. It is available now anywhere you get your press box print issue, including your local neighborhood Royal Farms stores. 
but there are hundreds of spots around town where you might find PressBox, and wherever it is that you go to get it, there's a new print issue that is now available everywhere, and it's got Marlon Humphrey on the cover. Next in line, great story from Bo Smolka about Marlon Humphrey and where he is now sort of in the lineage of Ravens' defensive superstars over the years. You can pick that up today. Also inside, you will find uh, for the 15th this month, I did a sort of a bit with Marlon Humphrey being on the cover, looking at the sort of intertwined history of Baltimore sports and the University of Alabama. It's noteworthy, and it's not just the Ravens. I think we're all familiar with the Ravens and Bradley Bozeman and Jared Johnson and C.J. Mosley, and it goes on and on and on. But the history also includes the Colts and the Orioles as well um, and University of Alabama players. And there's a relationship, obviously, with the University of Maryland. Not only was Mike Loxley the uh, offensive coordinator, at Alabama before he ended up at Maryland, but once upon a time, the iconic Bear Bryant. A lot of people don't even know that Bear Bryant was once upon a time the head football coach at the University of Maryland. Read more about that, the new print issue of Press Box. I also, in my column this month, my print column, I'll share it out uh, individually today. Um, I just want to tell you guys, I wrote this print column before the Orioles had lost 14 consecutive games. And I was reflecting on some of the positive things that were being said after the Orioles didn't trade certain guys at the deadline. And some comments that were made by Mike Elias at that point, which again seems silly to be discussing because right now the Orioles are just miserable. But Mike Elias said at that point, leading into this deadline, we were very mindful of the fact that a lot of our best players that were in demand are players that are not pending free agents with the Orioles and they're players that are young and talented and we like and that have future years with this club and project to be a part of this club when we hope to be a playoff contender. I didn't think that quote got enough attention when he said it after the deadline. That's a pretty strong proclamation that this thing that I keep talking about, this need to have a timeline, mm-hmm. that they believe that they do have a timeline if that's specifically the reason why they wouldn't trade certain guys. And we know who those guys are. Vileko. Yeah, Pat Vileko. They didn't trade him. We talked to him yesterday. You know who they are. John Means, Trey Mancini, Cedric Mullins. Those are the guys. They have value. Somebody, I mean, mean in Means, Mullins, Mancini, in, in terms of what the trade value would be. They have some value at least. Not trying to oversell it. Means would seemingly have a good amount. Mullins, you know. It would need to be blown away to trade him. Well, yeah, but I'm, I'm talking about the actual value that the players have. Mullins. He's got value. I, he has value, but it's the same thing I keep trying to tell everybody. It's not what you think it is based on the season that he's had. It's not suddenly the entire league looks at him and says, that guy is a superstar. Like, you just you have to do it for a little bit longer in order for people to think that way when you're not scouted that way as a player, but he would have had some value. If you just wanted to trade him, you would have definitely gotten something for Cedric Mullins. Um, And Mancini would have had a minimal amount of value if they had looked to do it. But the important part was Mike Elias saying, we think those guys could be part of this thing when we get there, which says that they have something in mind for when they're getting there. Okay, I'm listening. Now what? 
And this, again, is unrelated to the, the, this, this awful slump that they're going through at the moment. Now what? Because those words don't mean anything without follow-up actions. If it's just holding on to players for the sake of holding on to players, it's a mistake. It's wrong. If the follow-up action is buying out arbitration years, if the follow-up action is Trey Mancini gets an extension, if there are follow-up actions to it, that's interesting. That could reset the course, if you will. Mancini only has one year after, right? Yes. So he would require them yes, to extend Yes, he clearly yeah. would not be part of the playoff years if they don't extend mm-hmm. him. Clearly would not be the case. But it's also unspoken that there's more to the equation with him. What do you mean? Fan-wise, publicity-wise, yeah, I think. A, that's not what Michael Elias said. I get it. That's Michael Elias didn't unspoken. say that. But I don't think it's unspoken. I think, it I think when you say that, when you put that on the table, it's not... You be you better be making a declaration of what the organization's intentions are. You don't just say those things for the sake of doing it, or else you're the thing that David Sampson warned us about. You're the evil organization that has no intention of doing anything that just wants people to believe that you're lying flatly. You're flatly lying. Samsonite. Yeah, thank you. I knew I knew it started with an S though. If if what you're doing is saying, well, we think people like Trey Mancini, so we didn't want to trade him, then just say that. Then just say that. He means a great deal. You can say that in a positive way. He means a great deal to this organization, and we didn't want to move him. There's nothing wrong with saying that. You're not offending anybody. It's a wonderful thing to say. And the unspoken part can be the part that we know. You weren't really getting anything for him. That's not the type of player that has value on the market. There's nothing wrong with saying we love Trey as a person and we want him to be here and he wants to be here so we didn't want to trade him. Nothing wrong with that because we can do the other side of it. He doesn't have to say. The part you can't say is, guys, we can't get anything for Trey Mancini. If somebody wanted to give us something for Trey Mancini, we'd do it. But nobody wants to give up anything of value for a, a this type of player. It's not the way the baseball works. We in the media, intelligent. We can handle that side of it. We know that. Mike Elias doesn't have to say that if the only reason why you're not trading Trey Mancini is because you can't get enough and you know the value here is more than the value somewhere else. But if you're trying to declare publicly, we think these guys line up with our ability to contend, well, then what's the follow-up to that? When's the timeline? The follow-up is you got to try, try to re-sign Trey Mancini. Mm-hmm. The follow-up is you got to buy guys out of arbitration years. Or you're going to start signing guys to make the team look better sooner. Maybe. Maybe that's the case. They have expectations that Rushman and Rodriguez, but the, the pitching's not there to make it think. But that 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 it be. also is the Manny Machado situation where you, when you're saying you're going to sign guys, they kind of sign guys. They, they kind of did that. Mm-hmm. They... Spent a little bit of money. Smart money spent in, in the at times, yes. it, No, it wasn't really smart money spent. Oh, it Nelson was, Cruz it was, and Andrew but, Miller, but, and they but it traded was, for him. It, well, they, right, they, they didn't really spend money. They spent one year of Nelson Cruz. 
that you can say it, it worked for the year, sure, but they ended up it being poorly money spent because they didn't keep him around after that. They only got one year out of it. Mm-hmm. It was a hell of a year, though. It was a great year. Nobody's debating that. It was a remarkable year. Uh, may there be years like that in the future. I would love that. There has to be a follow-up to it, or it's hogwash, and it's not just that it's hogwash, it's deception. And that's where this really becomes problematic. You can be on board with, this isn't what you had to do, but it's something you can do in an overhaul, and I can remove emotions and not be hurt at all by the team being historically awful. It doesn't affect me in any way. I can separate myself. I can do the thing I constantly tell you where these aren't really the Orioles. These are just guys that are wearing Orioles uniforms until they're the Orioles again. I'm capable of separating in that way. But there has to continuously be a plan. And when you say things like, we're not going to trade players because we think they can be a part of this thing, it can't be the way that you thought that Manny Machado was. The plan has to be more than just, we're planning on keeping everybody around until their contracts expire and then they move on. That's not going to fly. This is a George W. Bush. This is a fool fool me once, uh, shame on me, Uh, fool me twice, we won't get fooled again. I I don't criticize Mike Elias for what happened in Baltimore in the Dan Duquette era. And I don't, it's not really Dan Duquette's fault either, for what it's worth. This was stuff that was forced upon him by a higher level. As we all know, Dan Duquette did not want to sign Chris Davis. He wanted to spend money in other ways. Now, whether Dan Duquette would have traded Manny Machado earlier, he's never really directly answered that. Like, if he had been told, come a hell or the high water, we're not going to sign Manny Machado and we're not going to do the necessary things in order to try to win a World Series, would he have done the more appropriate thing and traded him when he had actual trade value? Couldn't tell you. But the entire situation started from the top, and it was part of why Dan Duquette wanted out when he wanted out. I can't hold that over Mike Elias. But it's still real, it's still recent, it still happened. Mm -hmm. And the Orioles have to prove they're not just going to do that again. As an organization, they have to prove to the fan base that that's not what's happening here. And the first way to go about doing that is to buy guys out of arbitration years. To do something they don't do. Do something crazy. Sure. Do something crazy. Yes. That's the first thing they can do to prove that this is different. To prove that this isn't lip service, that they're not evil, that they're not just trying to get you to buy into a rebuild that doesn't actually exist that there is no real plan, it's just be bad for the sake of being bad and knowing that you can make money doing it without spending a lot, they have to prove that as a franchise. And if they don't, if these are just words and it's not followed up by actions, then at some point the fan base has every right to say, no, F you, I'm not on board. I'm not just going to be on board because Adley Rutschman's here. I'm not just going to be on board because you found a couple of good baseball players. Anybody could find some good baseball players. There have been good baseball players and bad baseball teams for eternity. 
At some point, you've got to show me that this actually is a process, that there is a plan, that there is a thought that goes beyond just, well, we'll lose, and we'll see if we can get some guys that can play while we lose. Do something. Actions. Go to John Means. Buy out some arbitration years. Show that the window could be longer than what we think it might be. That's what you do, or else those words mean nothing. From Craig. Robinson? I don't think so. Can't have a bunch of old pregnant bitches running around up in here. Um, From Craig. Craig says... Uh, Glenn, I don't think I would want to fire Brandon Hyde right now. That being said, I do think that if this thing continues to the point where the Orioles have literally gone through the 4-32 and 32 type of stretch, there is absolutely no way that you can bring a manager back after that. That is who you are as a manager. Could they get the 4-32, and 32, by the way? Are there enough games left that they could do that? There's a whole I guess there have to, to be. Play, yeah. Yeah. There definitely has to be enough games left in order to get the 4-32. and 32. They could definitely get the 4-32. and 32. There's absolutely no way that you can bring him back after that. That is who you are as a manager. I don't dislike Brandon Hyde. I do think that I've been puzzled by some of his bullpen decisions. I know some of that is just because he doesn't have good pitchers to go to. But the bottom line is that he has done nothing that justifies why he needs to be the manager. And if you get to that point, there is no coming back from it. Yeah, okay. I mean, I'm not really arguing with you, Craig. I'm not. You know, I... We remember 4-32 and 32 distinctly. We have distinct memories of that. Now, part of the problem there was that, like, things were better earlier on in the year and that, on paper, that team should not have been as bad as this team is, right? Like, some of that, there are still other, there are mitigating circumstances to it. But 4-32, and 32, that number is so staggering that you're probably not wrong. You got a good head start. You're, you're probably no no doubt. I mean, at this point, it's not four and thirty-two. We're talking about like four and oh, seventeen. And thirty-two, nearly. Well, no, I'm t- like they would be four if they go four and seventeen. I get it over the next however then, many games. Then they're yes. four and thirty-two. I get it. Like that's that's the uh, no. I guess four, four and eighteen. Yes, four and eighteen, not four. And, if they lose today, then then we'd be there. But they don't really lose the race. Yeah, it, it almost never happens. Yeah. Almost never happens whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. And it's not, I'm not anti-Brandon Hyde. I'm not, I don't dislike the guy or think that this is any of this is really his fault. But yes, that type of staggering number, that ungodly stench of something along those lines, you don't come back from. That's who you are, no question. I don't, I think, Craig, you're 100% right about that. That is who you are as a manager. You are attached to it forever. Forever. And maybe they they already are. Maybe Brandon Hyde could never overcome two 14-game losing streaks. But perhaps it's a wink-wink-nudge-nudge type type of situation where we don't care. Everybody knows he's not going to be the manager at some point, so why does it matter that he's the guy that carries two 14-game losing streaks in the same season? Don't know. Honestly, I I I don't know. But... It's bad. It's clearly bad. And as much as I'm disassociated with it, I don't know that you can disassociate the person that's in charge on the field from it. I don't know that you can. As much as I like Brandon Hyde as a person, Mm -hmm. good dude, as much as I think that he was put in an unfair situation 
all of those things. Still, at the end of the day, you're the manager that's carrying a second 14-game losing streak and the most lopsided stretch of baseball in the history of the game. Is what it is. Even if we don't individually or directly blame you for it, that's that's who you are. And... Yeah, that that might require, it might require a cleansing. It might require something being gutted. It might require any of those things. And, you know, this is, uh, uh, this is from Chris. Chris says, Glenn, I'm conflicted about this because it comes at the same time as the Orioles were just named. Yes, yeah, so MLB Pipeline uh, updated their rankings as well, and now they have both Adley Rutschman at number one and Grayson Rodriguez, I want to say, was eight. eight yeah. yeah, and he is they the top pitcher. Three others, Colton Cowser was like 85. Yeah, down low. was 81, and Hall was like 78. Yeah, three other guys that are down near the bottom of the list. Um, of the top 100, so it's, say the bottom of the list. Down down in the – they're still on a good part of the overall list. It's just down they're in the bottom of the list. They're the ones that have Cowser top 100, I believe. Uh, that I think you're right about that. I don't believe that Cowser was um, – on the other list. Um, this comes at a time where the Orioles farm system is finally coming together and these guys are getting there. I do think at this point that what we have learned is that Brandon Hyde is definitely not the answer for whenever this thing comes together. And so if that's the case, why wait much longer? Go ahead and try to figure out who that manager is. And the question of why wait is the, do you want to subject whoever the person you want to put expectations on to what's to come next year? And we talked about that before, like, is it enough to have Rutschman up and try and have a positive influence? And is it fair to even say that Brandon Hyde wouldn't be a positive well, influence? Well, or, or, or would know? the Orioles say it's important to us that that even though we know we're not going to be a contender next season, it's extraordinarily important that we're not this bad. It's time we take steps bad. forward. It's yeah. that we're out of the... 30, 40 win territory. Correct. That we need to show some sort of positive sign next season. Now, that would also require having some pitching, clearly. Yep. And I don't think the Orioles are going to be spending for pitching. So this is a... But there are guys it, at AAA a, that are like Bradish you would think maybe would be involved next year. Does it a guarantee right. that he's going to do anything? No. Um, Rodriguez will be up at some point next year. I mean, on, nearly probably. On, something probably. Like, something related like we saw with... Um, Man, what's the guy's the Padres guy's name? Oh, um, Madison, Mac Madison Gore. No, not Ma Mackenzie, Mackenzie Gore. Gore yes, yeah, thank you. Who has just fallen off entirely after yep. being the top-ranked pitching prospect? But no, I mean, I mean, as far as Rodriguez is concerned, I think that is. I can't remember a pitcher in the minors in my life for the Orioles who's been this dominant. No, there've been plenty of those guys, but but. But I kind of think that there's there just seems to be something like as far as a ace mentality. Look, I I I'm very I have, fond I, of I'm not I'm not going there. I have very high hopes for Grayson Rodriguez. I do think that he is he a legitimate. Be quite polished. I think at he's a young a, age. I think he's a legitimate major league pitching prospect. I'm not going any further than that with him because that's a different thing. That's a it's a just a different conversation altogether. Um, but I do think he's a very legitimate major league pitching prospect, and I have hopes for that. I, I do think that the Orioles do kind of have to decide as an organization how important it is to them next year to take steps forward as a major league team. And if it's important, you need then... need to sign two or three pitchers. Correct. It's not just going to be change the manager. If you change the manager and give the next manager no pitchers either, then what are we doing? I mean, what, what, what is this? But 
if you say we think it's important that once Adley Rutschman is here, that we are showing immediately that we're not just going to be a 40-win team, that we take some sort of step, that that matters in this process. And you can make another argument here about whether or not it really matters or if you're going to be bad, you should just be as bad as you can possibly be, which is a conversation we have all the time. But if they think that in getting the fan base to buy in and, in, and progressing and maybe wanting to sign players in the future, they have to show a step up. They have to be closer to a 500 team a year from now. And because of that, it is particularly important they have a different manager in place. I will listen to that. Well, they're also up against it, getting pitchers to come pitch at Camden Yards. 1,000%. It's going to be a problem. All of it is going to be a problem. But ultimately... Eventually, it'll have to happen. Oh, yeah. I mean, somebody's, somebody's got to pitch. There's no question about that. Uh, if, I hear that if, Otani got it, right? Maybe they could trade for him. Uh, maybe. 40 home runs. 40 home runs now for Shohei Otani. Did he also, is he approaching 20 steals, too? Did I see that somewhere? steals, yeah. That's remarkable. My God, that's remarkable. 279 ERA. I hear that's good. I hear that's uh, the type of uh, a player that you'd like to have on your team. Of course, it hasn't really helped the Angels all that much for what it's worth. I mean, it's just a goofy bit. Um, and one more from Aaron. Aaron says, uh, Glenn, I like Brandon Hyde. I've actually had some personal interactions with him, and he's a really good dude, and I just think he's way in over his head. I do think we're approaching the point where there is no defense of him, even if you like him. However, there's no way to defend it, and he's going to have to go. I probably agree with you that it doesn't need to be before the season ends. I mean, I think that's I, – I don't – I don't call for guys to lose their jobs. It's, it's not a bit that I get involved with. I think it's just low rent. Like It's the dumbest, the lowest common denominator of all of this. But in asking me to justify it. Is or, his contract up for this year? No. He's got, I signed him for. I think one more year. This is his second. This is his third year. Yeah, okay. This is his third year. Let me see if I can pull it up. Uh, contract. Brandon Hyde contract. Um, maybe I had to. Maybe. I thought it was a three-year deal. I, th- I thought he was under contract for one more year. I don't really know what the point of a, f- I mean, a four-year. I mean, I guess you can just end it at any point. Uh, the, the word is that there was a club option for 2022. Okay. So essentially is this is last year. Well, it, that they would be able to. They wouldn't right. even have to fire him. They right. could do the Buck Showalter. But you essentially at that point you are. Like, j- I get it. Yeah. Like if there's, especially if there's a club, you, you're still firing him mm-hmm. at that point. You just might be able to word it in a polite way that you don't have to do it and mm-hmm. you don't ever have to use, it, say the, the Orioles word fire. Hyde are parting ways. Correct. Whatever it is that you want to say. Or that Brandon and Hyde will not return as Orioles manager. Sure. I mean, if that's, if that's the case, there's, I, I am probably in the same boat as you guys are. It's looking more and more as though there's almost no chance to me that Brandon Hyde will be the manager of the team next year. But if that's how you want me to say it, I'll say it. If you want me to say I'm calling for him to be fired, no, I don't care enough. I don't care enough about what's going on with the team right now for me to call for Brandon Hyde to be fired. If you want to know what my opinion is about what they do at the end of the season, I'm probably in line with you guys at this point that unless something incredible changes and, and they win and, every game and, rest of the and year. And that's not and, something that I want, right. you know. It, then yes, it is probably the appropriate time to say we like you, good guy, but it's just not happening and we need to find the guy that we're going to tie results to at some point. That's probably the case. We come back in. Um, we're gonna we're gonna do a tidbit. We're gonna get tubular. We are going to chat with Jerry Donardo from the Big Ten Network, who is in College Park for Maryland practice this week. So still a lot to do on the program today. I do need to remind you that Stan the Fan 
is doing great shows for you every week on Zoom. Earlier in the week, caught up with former Oriole Shane Turner. And then um, uh, a special show last night as they caught up with Dr. Sandy Siegel, the Zero Prostate Cancer Run Series. Uh, the one locally uh, carries his name. The Baltimore Dr. Sanford J. Siegel Run Walk is happening again. Obviously, a lot of these types of things weren't able to happen last year, but find out more about their fight against prostate cancer. You can see that show right now, PressBoxOnline.com, or click on the videos tab at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. All of Stan's shows are brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for your free analysis. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. We take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. The perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. We're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Book your table now at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. Here it Watch out! For the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. Hey everybody, this is Chris Ruling at Great Ace Memorabilia. The Maryland State Fair is right around the corner and we're going to be taking over with the largest Baltimore football signing in over three years. The Purple Takeover is coming to its million fairgrounds for the massive Maryland State Fair from August 26th through Labor Day Monday. You'll have the chance to meet Pro Bowl tackle Ronnie Stanley, Hollywood Brown, first round pick Odafe Away, Big Country Bank Cleveland, Hall of Famer Lenny Moore, and many, many more from your football team. Tickets are are available at great8smemorabilia.com. That's great, the number 8s, memorabilia.com. And remember, as always, be great. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
It's Window Nation's 15th year anniversary. During August, all customers that get an in-home estimate will be entered to win your home project for free. That's correct, the chance to win free, top-of-the-line, energy-efficient Window Nation windows installed by experts with over 15 years' experience that will keep your home cool during the summer months and warm during the colder months. If you don't win, get half of your windows free with their buy two windows and get two free deal. Plus, pay nothing for two full years. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Party with the flock at the Ravens Countdown to Kickoff Watch Party presented by Miller Lite on Monday, September 13th at M&T Bank Stadium. Celebrate the start of the season with a live performance by all-time low, plus a watch party for the Ravens vs. Raiders game on the Ravens Vision Boards. Appearances by Ravens legends, cheerleaders, Baltimore's marching Ravens, playmakers, and Poe. Tickets are $10 in advance and $20 the day of the event. Visit BaltimoreRavens.com slash kickoff for tickets and more info. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at glennclarkradio.com. All right, so somebody sent me, it was Brian Powell sent me a link to how I can get the, um, apparently this isn't this isn't that hard. It's not looking like, apparently you can get your card fairly easily, I think. Ah, for Christ's sakes, I don't know. Whatever, I'll figure it out. I need, I need, I need a, a new copy of my vaccination card because I want to go to concerts. Because I want to, I want to do things. It seems like it should be a simple thing that we should be able to do. <sighs> I'll save other opinions about that. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Let's go ahead and get a tidbit uh, as we wind down for a Thursday edition of the program. Tidbit is brought to you today by Window Nation. They are celebrating their 15th anniversary this August. And anyone, anyone at all, all you got to do, call about getting an in-home estimate, and you'll be entered to win that home project for free. Plus, you can buy two windows and get two free and pay nothing for two full years. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. The Orioles aren't very good right now. No. But we can take solace in the fact that the Red Sox are also not very good right now. If you True, were, but that, but that also means that the Yankees. There's no. There's no getting around that. You keep saying that. If you were to remove the head-to-head series between the Red Sox and Orioles, during which the Orioles lost the majority of those games since July sixth, yeah, the Red Sox have just one more win and actually one more loss. And the Baltimore Orioles. The Orioles are 11 and 20. The Red Sox 12 and 21. So that's cheeky. Yeah, there's that. But the Orioles have two 14 plus game losing streaks. Mm. The first since 1935, when, of course, the Boston Braves, as aforementioned, had done so. For what it's worth, that Boston Braves team, well, they weren't very good, but they were, I guess, better than the Cleveland Spiders in mm. 1899. Mm. Uh, the Cleveland Spiders. Lost an LB record 134 games. Yeesh. Yeah. Yeesh. They previously were they, held. Were they, were they playing with actual spiders? I like, can tell you. That... Had the record for the worst run differential in a 13-game span. Not great. Yeah. So the Orioles are in a company with them, however. So it's, you know, could be better. But you really can't be much better than Shohei Otani, as I mentioned. No. Last night, eight one run innings, eight strikeouts, his 40th home How many games? Run. Did they play more games in 1899 than they play I now? I don't know. It seems almost impossible. Shohei Otani 
has gone at least six innings in every start since the beginning of July and has not reached 100 pitches in any outing. Okay, why don't you marry him? I would. He also leads the league in home runs. Uh, speaking of, that would imply that he leads the American League in home runs. His 40 homers sit atop by five over the second place slugger. There are, though, 10 American League hitters with at least 27 home runs. Are there really? There are. Name them. Uh, Joe Gallo. Uh, 29. He's really kind of struggled a bit since he ended up in New York, right? Uh, doesn't hasn't wowed particularly because he had a bunch before that. I don't think he's hit a ton of home runs since he got to New York. Um, uh, uh Vlad Guerrero Jr. Second place with thirty-five. Five separate first and second, and second and third. Five separate first. And that second. doesn't help you. It's just a little second fun fact. Third. Okay. Uh, so thanks for nothing. Well, um, uh, old Sal Perez had a lot of home runs. That was kind of surprising. 30, right? yes. He's tied for third. Having quite a season. And who's the other dude that was... Uh, uh, it's not Matt Chapman. It's Matt Olson. Matt right? Olson also with 30. Those are all the 30 home run hitters. I only remember them because they were part of the home run derby, which I actually watched. Indeed. None of the other players on this list were in the home run derby. This should be easy for me, then. Uh, Nelly Cruz. No. 28. Sucks. 26. See, this, is why it, this is why it was so smart for them to not sign him. For what it's worth, everybody on this list uh-huh. is an infielder. 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 Jose Ramirez. 27 for Jose Ramirez. Infield. Oh, S uh, Marcus Seaman. Seaman indeed is on the list. 29. Um, missing three. Missing three still, you say. Mm -hmm. They're all infielders. They're yes. all American League infielders. But that could be a first baseman. None of them are first baseman. Okay, so so strike it from the record then. <laughs> Jose Altuve? No. Correa's kind of had a down year, right? Like he's he's not on the list. I think he's only hitting like two seventy. They'll take him. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't sign him, but maybe you know we all thought it was gonna be astronomical money. Maybe it's not gonna be the 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 stupid money that some people thought it was gonna be. Who else is? Brandon Lau. 28 for the former Terp. Only hitting 234, though. Fire him. Right into the sun. Not the worst average of one of the players remaining, though. Not the worst average of one of the players remaining. I don't know who's hitting at a worse average. I don't. It's just a little fun fact. Is it a Yankee? No Yankees. But is there it, is another divisional member. Is it a Red Sox? Not with the worst average, but there is Red Sox, yes. Devers. 28 for Rafael Devers. And the player who is remaining so has not hit 11 the, since the All-Star break. Not in the AL East. It is not. Is it a White Sox? No. 
He's in the NL AL West. Yeah, Tim Anderson has not hit that poorly. AL West is where AL he resides. West. Is it a? I don't know a lot about the AL West. Oh, um, is it? Uh, is it not Corey Seager? Is it Kyle Seager? It is indeed okay. Kyle Seager. Eleven home runs since the All Star break, but still hitting a paltry two eighteen. Yikes! So that he ain't has great. twenty seven home runs and a seven forty OPS. Yikes! You want to do better than that? I've yeah. heard. I heard that's not the goal. All right, tidbit was also brought to you by the Baltimore Ravens countdown to kickoff party. Ten bucks. That's it for you to hang out on September thirteenth, the Monday night, the season opener, and party with the flock at the Ravens countdown to kickoff part watch party, presented by Miller Lite. Performance by all time low. I ins- I assure you, you cannot get all time low tickets for ten dollars. They are not available, but you can if you get tickets for the Ravens countdown to kickoff watch party. It's that simple. Plus, you can watch the Ravens-Raiders game on the Ravens Vision boards. Visit BaltimoreRavens.com slash kickoff in order to get your tickets. Tubular is brought to you today by Sports and Social. Draft packages for your fantasy football draft are still available. They start at just $250, including space for 12 people, as well as two orders to platters of 24 wings. Also, four towers of beer, three orders of nachos with guacamole, and more. And then dynamic pricing is also available, and those options might include a model to host your draft, or perhaps they'd include a massage chair, things along those lines. Find out more by going to sportssocialmd.com or just email, if you're interested, send an email right now to events at sportssocialmd.com in order to get your questions answered. Tubular, Orioles, afternoon game, trying to snap a now 14-game losing streak. 14-1 and one against the uh, Rays this year. The Rays are, I should say, against the Orioles. Yeah, I was going to say, I definitely don't think the Orioles are 14-1 against the Rays. Uh, it's on Masson. Jorge Lopez goes against Shane McClanahan uh, in the series finale. MLB Network has Athletics, White Sox at 2, Twins, Yankees at 7, Mets, Dodgers at 10, ESPN, Little League World Series uh, all throughout the day starting at 1. Uh, Twitter for the Washington Mystics and Phoenix Mercury tonight at 10. NBA TV, Minnesota Lynx, Connecticut Sun at 7. Atlanta Dream, Los Angeles Sparks at 10.30. Golf Channel, round one of the PGA's Northern Trust at 2 o'clock. This is the first round of the playoffs. It whittles you down to the 70 players that will be at the BMW Championship next week. Tennis Channel out in Cincinnati. They're trying to get underway. There's some rain in the forecast uh, nice win for Naomi Osaka. Uh, she battled uh, Coco Goff and got the win yesterday, so she continues on. She'll be in action today whenever they're able to play. NFL Network for some preseason football tonight. The Patriots and Eagles at 730. That means Ravens fans can watch Joe Flacco if they would like. WWE Network for NXT UK at 3. Axis TV for Impact Wrestling at 8. Non-sports. Non-sports. Jesus and Miro, 11 o'clock on Showtime. Brooklyn 9-9. Two episodes again, 8 o'clock on They NBC. really are just blowing out the season. That's all they're doing. They they're are. Just ending it as soon as they possibly can. Uh, you're a big holy moly By fan. By the way, Mike Schur, who's involved at Brooklyn Line 9 and also did um, Parks and Rec, mm-hmm. apparently doing a Field of Dreams show. Hmm. Don't know how I feel about that. Interesting. Holy moly, 8 o'clock, ABC, big fan. Uh, late night. I don't know what Black Thought is promoting on Fallon, but he's always on Fallon, so it's something yeah, special, a, I suppose. That's a weird bit. Well, they um, did that once when, when Questlove had his movie coming out. They did the. I hope it means he has an album coming out. Yeah. Sean and Dylan Penn, a true package deal, are on Colbert. And Tracy Ellis Ross is on Kimmel. 
who was hosted by Sean Hayes. Stuff and things. GlennClarkRadio.com. Check it all out. All right. Very good. Tubular was also brought to you today by Great Eights Memorabilia. Again, the Purple Takeover is coming to the Maryland State Fair, which is also, I keep talking about all these things that, like, they're so far away. They're not. The Maryland State Fair starts next weekend. It's remarkable that we've already reached that point of the year. Get your tickets, GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. You can meet some of the current, future, and former stars of Baltimore football, including Hall of Famer Lenny Moore, Ronnie Stanley, Hollywood Brown, Adafe Owe, Ben Cleveland, and so many more. There is one ticket that you can get that gets all of them. It's an amazing deal. It gets you all your pictures and autographs. You can also buy them individually, depending on what player it is that you're looking to meet, get an autograph from. Again, go to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com to find out more and check out PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser to find out about the Tyus Bowser Show, which starts Tuesday, September 7th, down at Mother's in Pasadena. Thanks today to Jerry DiNardo, who you're about to hear from, Jermaine Carter, former Terp, linebacker for the Panthers, Diego Fago, linebacker at Navy, as well as Ken Zalas. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the Archive. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Colton Kalzer. Yeah, Colton Kalzer is scheduled to join us tomorrow, Orioles' first-round pick. He has uh, made his debut with the Delmarva Shorebirds, first affiliate that he's with. So we'll talk to him about the start of his pro career. Uh, oh, Smolka, Stuff and Things, Irons and Fires. thought Evan was tomorrow. Evan Washburn as well, Stuff and Things, Irons and Fires. National sideline sex symbol, Evan Washburn, who's working the preseason for the Ravens as well. So uh, we will do all of that on tomorrow's program. Thanks today to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, the U.S. Army, CCBC, MDOT, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, Exxon Mobil, K&S Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, Baltimore Ravens, BMW Championship, Maryland Five Star, Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter, at K. Ottenheimer. Follow us, at Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, we're still uh, looking uh, for a fall intern. I think we're going to have we have one that's going to be here one day a week uh, in the fall. If you know someone who's looking for uh, credit in the communications field, social media, anything in those departments, um, like we had with uh, young Jack here over the summer, we will have another fall internship available um, so you can email me, Glenn, at PressBoxOnline.com with two N's and find out more. All right. Have a great Thursday night. Go, Birds. Sure. Hey, go Loyola women's soccer. Good to be back. Normalcy. We're doing uh, soccer again in the middle of August. But I'm, I'm happy that we got a normal year this year, so go Loyola women tonight. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too. We wrap up today's show. I had to do this a little bit earlier on, but an opportunity to catch up with Coach Jerry DiNardo, who was in College Park earlier this week with the Big Ten Network. Let's talk some Terps with him to wrap up a Thursday edition of the program. The Big Ten Network guys out making their rounds the last couple of weeks, including a stop at the University of Maryland earlier this week on Tuesday. Joining us now, he is, of course, the coach. Jerry DiNardo is with us on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn back in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. Hope you're doing well. Thank you for taking the time for us, as always. You bet, Glenn. Glad to be with you. Thanks for having me. It's great to chat with you. All right, so there is some measured optimism around the Maryland program. We saw some positive things a year ago in a small sample size in the most bizarre season in the history of football. Um, lots of players back. They actually have a quarterback that appears to be competent, but this is still the Big Ten we're talking about. How excited should Maryland fans be at this point? Well, hard to tell. I mean, I think 
I think, and I talked to Coach Lockley about this, I think the West Virginia game, you know, is kind of a, a great gauge, right? It's not a, it's not a team that you would expect Maryland to necessarily have better players. I think they're fairly evenly matched. It's not a conference game. Um, so I think we'll know more, obviously, after that. And then they play Howard, which they do have better players. And so let, let's look at the first two games and see. But, uh, you know, having Leah at quarterback certainly helps him. You know, I, I think people have to be a little cautious with him. If, if he's not supported by a run game and some good wide receivers and all that stuff, he's going to feel forced to make some plays. So I'm hoping they don't put him in that situation and he gets some support because somebody with his kind of ability sometimes will try to make too many players. I feel like that's part of the reason why there is some excitement, Coach, right? It's especially at the wide receiver core. You look and you see a Rakim Jarrett and a Dante Demas and Ja'Shawn Jones and Brian Cobbs, like – it it does feel like there there is and I to me it's more can they keep him protected can they keep him healthy we all know just what a perilous question that has been in Maryland football's recent history like it it feels like they have the playmakers to be pretty freaking exciting offensively if they can keep Tungavailoa healthy right but you, you know and I used to say this in the staff room all the time every pass play starts with protection yep. whether it were whether we're scheming the opponent or whether we have a weak link in the five that we have to make sure that we slide the gap protection to him or away from him. And and so I do think they have skill. I think they feel pretty good about their offensive tackles. I'm not sure they feel as good in the inside. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not even sure of that. I just, it's, it sounds like they feel pretty good at tackling. And if you have to start somewhere in pass protection, you certainly want to start with tackle. So that, that could be some good news. They'd like to get up to 11 offensive linemen if they've recruited and recruited well. And that means too deep in the spare. They're really not close to that yet. He is Jerry DiNardo. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio after the Big Ten Network guys were in College Park a little bit earlier on this week. Jerry, let, let's you know presume that they can keep him healthy, they can keep him upright, and that you know Tungavailoa plays the entire season. How good do you believe, you know, based on the little bit that you saw of him and knowing his pedigree, how good do you believe Talia Tungavailoa is capable of being? Oh, I think he's capable of being really good. But again, it can't be. You know, and I think this is the box sometimes we put ourselves in. If he's not supported, as I've mentioned, right. then... You, you take his positives and you make it a negative. You know, I mean, think about the game. The quarterback touches the ball every play. If anybody thinks that they have the most chances to make a play, it's the quarterback. And, you know, weak surroundings have really hurt a lot of quarterbacks, you know, throughout the history of the game. And so we just have to hope that he is supported at a level that, allows him to be one of the better quarterbacks in the league, which I think he can do. I, I think he has that kind of ability. Oh, I, I mean, we certainly saw some things last year that make you think that that's true. Jay, let me, let me look big picture because, you know, this is – this. I think there was always going to be a grace period with Mike Loxley at Maryland and an understanding of the situation that he was going in. It's not like every other – you know, coaching change we've seen in college football. It was it was disastrous what was going on in College Park in the aftermath of, um, you know, a tragedy. We we get now in about year three, and there starts to be that time where okay, well, we need to see some results. Do you think it's? But you know, obviously, a year ago everything was such a mess. Is it fair to start looking at this season and saying that we're judging Mike Loxley by 
wins and losses, or do you think it's still too soon to do that, given where it was this program was coming from when he arrived? Okay, so, you know, the million-dollar question, how do, how do you evaluate a coach other than wins and losses? It's been my experience, coach being a head coach of two, what you would call maybe developmental program, I think that's the, the right thing to call them sure. now. You call them haves and have-nots. And LSU is a different situation. So if you don't look at the wins and losses, what do you look at? To me, you look at the matchup opponents. And I define a matchup opponent by an opponent that has similar talent. I define the, the opposite of a, uh, uh, of a matchup opponent is when Ryan Day switches sidelines with most teams, Ohio State's still going to win the game. Mm-hmm. Right? Because their mm-hmm. talent, their talent takes over and coaching really doesn't come in all that much. So I think if I was evaluating, I'd look at the schedule, I'd try to come to some consensus which teams my coach had equal talent, and I would I would judge them. If they lost those games, I would look at kick game, I would look at turnovers, I would look at special teams, I, I would look at the line of scrimmage, just certain things that I think you can look at. So that's what I think, That that's the box I would put Mike Locksford in. Anybody can judge a coach by wins and losses, right? But an administrator someone evaluating a program about giving a coach more years, are things getting better, and did they win some games that they had matchup opponents? So, me, that's, that's the best way to judge. Well, I think it's fair, and I think it sort of answers the question. Which is to, it's not a, you know, like you have to win seven games or bust type of scenario for you. There is still room for this program to show growth, even if they're not quite there yet. You certainly, if you're Mike Loxley, have to hope you're getting closer to that. Yeah, for sure, and I and I and I think every coach, I, I think every coach goes into the games where they are evenly matched, knowing those are the big games. I yeah, mean, that, that it, 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 you know the the one and all and the process and all that. Yeah, yeah that's great for Nick and right. the guys that play, right. the, play the have the better players and everybody. But you know, what does process mean when I'm playing a team that has the same same players I do? I, I'm not sure where process fits in there. I guess processes to practice, but I, I don't think that helps the mentality of a coach that's in a rebuild or developmental or a have-not, however you want to describe but that. It seems like, but you're, you're talking, if you play a Rutgers and Indiana, a Michigan State at this point, although you know that's, that one you know, starts to be a little bit trickier, um, they, they, you, those are the types of games you're talking about, correct? Yeah, the objectivity comes in your evaluation as an administrator of the opponent. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know your team, right? So when you say Michigan State, Rutgers, whoever, you know, you have to know enough about the game or have someone working for you that knows enough about the game to tell you, is Michigan State, in fact, a matchup opponent? Because if you're calling someone a matchup opponent that isn't, well, then my my formula doesn't work. You need some expertise in the game to try to compare two teams to try to evaluate the coaching staff. Part of the problem that, that, that I'm having, and I'm I, look, I, I'm an unabashed Loxley guy, um, Jerry. I, I, you know, you see what he's doing in recruiting. You see the way the kids talk about him. Um, he's a special human in those ways. I admit openly, this job still, you might hire the perfect guy for this job, and the job might still be too difficult. And this is even in the context of, I don't know what college football is going to look like in, in, in five, ten years from now, and obviously there's a lot of other things going on. But right now, just given the division that you're in, given the opponents you're up against, I don't know how far you can go. I don't know what you're capable of doing. So I, I want to go to that if I can. 
What can Maryland be if this is headed in the right direction? What is reasonable for there to be a... Yes, so, so, so what makes a job too difficult for anyone to have success, okay? You can, you can ask schedule your, your, your team in non-conference, okay? You can not give a coach enough of a coaching budget where he or she can't hire, if not the best, like maybe Ohio State and the top programs in the country, but everybody else. I mean, give, give, give me a fair chance to hire I had a million dollars for 10 positions when I first went to Indiana. That, that was years ago, okay? But it was still half the budget that most people had. You know, that's changed in Indiana, and the results are, are pretty evident. So a job only becomes impossible if it's not being supported the right ways. Coaching has a lot to do with it, but is locks getting everything you need? Now, we just looked at a gorgeous facility. Right. So the, the, the answer seems obviously to be, yes, he is getting supported. But, you know, I don't know what the coaches are making, and I don't know if he's involved in the future's non-conference schedule, so on and so forth. Um, before I let you go, Jerry DiNardo, the, uh, the reports in the last week about the Big Ten trying to partner with up these other conferences to sort of hold their ground against the SEC as the landscape is changing, how critical do you think that's going to be moving forward for scheduling reasons, for – making sure that this doesn't become like the SEC and, and everybody else in college football in the coming years? Yeah, I think there's two components to the answer. One is financial. Right now, the Big Ten, or this past season, the Big Ten distributed more money to each school than the SEC. That's about to change if the, pack, if the Big Ten doesn't do anything. Uh, now, I don't look at the SEC as expanding. I see them more as recruiting. Oklahoma and Texas isn't expanding. I mean, those are two historic programs. Now, maybe Texas hasn't lived up to that reputation. So how can the Big Ten match it? I don't see anyone that they could incorporate into the conference that would do that. But I do think this this agreement with the Pac-12 and the others, that could work because now the the television revenue will match the SEC television menu uh, revenue if we start playing Michigan 7 Cal, Ohio State 7 Cal, and so on, right. and so forth. And the other thing is, if the 12-team playoff comes about, you can be a three-loss SEC team and still be ranked in the top 12. You have to be able to be a three-loss Big Ten team and be ranked in the top 12. And the only way to do that is to play some of the great teams in the in the uh, outside the conference on a regular basis. Sure. And, and, it, and it just appears as though this is going to be the only way that it's going to work moving forward. And I think we all knew it was kind of going to become a, I hate to say haves and have-nots at some point, but it, it, it sort of seems like we knew that something like this was coming at some point in college football. It just feels as though we're taking a few steps closer to getting there. Yeah, there's no doubt. This, this, this is going to even define the haves and have-nots more. Yeah. This, 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 this separates college football and I don't know that I'll be around to see it, but it'll eventually be whatever the number is, the 60 teams in one division, and it'll be the NFL uh, on campus. And we're just hoping that Maryland gets to be a part of that around here because yeah. that hasn't been a given over the years that was going to be the case. Uh, Jared and Ardo, I know you guys are busy. What, what's still on? The, I, guess, I guess one, you know, where, where are we seeing all the content? I know it was up on social media. I know you guys are doing things a little bit differently than you've done in past years with the Big Ten Network stuff this summer. 
Yeah, and the, you know the reason we're doing it different is you know to respect the program. You, you know that bus usually carries I don't know maybe fifteen people. We've got we've got you know social media people. We have camera people. We have producers. We have a lot of people that you need to put a desk on a campus and have a show. And we're traveling. We're we're interacting with other people. And our fear would be that one of us would ever. You know, although we're all vaccinated that are on the tour, but, you know, our fear would be that we could cause a team to have an outbreak. And right. we, we just didn't think that, even though the shows were better with the desk and more in-depth, and, you know, we, Twitter gets after us every once in a while, this is because the most valuable people in this whole equation are the players and the coaches. And we, we thought this was the best way to prove that we believe that as well. Well, and, and also you get to show off your legs in the shorts now, too, when you're not behind the desk. So you got that going for you, which is well, kind of nice. Well, that's, that's a downside. That's nah. a downside. Nobody needs to see our legs. At Jared Denardo on Twitter is how you follow him. Of course, Big Ten Network uh, throughout the course of the season is where you'll be seeing him. Jerry, always appreciate you taking the time for us, Coach. Looking forward to doing as the season uh, moves a little bit further, further down the road and, uh, and continued safety and health to you and your whole family. All right? It's... You bet. Thank you. Great fun.